When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. I'm Cole Tomadova. And despite some technical difficulties, we are the Pacific Point of View. Live from Cold Beer and Cheeseburgers at Chase Field. There we hear the cheers, the roar wow, from the Wow, we have the a band. fan base. Shout out to anyone that's uh, pulled up to support us. Um, let's start off with our surprise segment. Uh, how we start every show, it's the off season. So, you know, you would think not a lot's going on, but there's still stuff going on, and it doesn't have to be football-related. So, Hayden, what, what surprised you from this last week? Guys, I do have something football-related. X Valade was not invited to the NFL Combine. How does wow. that happen? He was second-team All-Pac-12. This guy rushed for over 4,000 yards in his career between Wyoming and ASU. Last year, he had 16 rushing touchdowns, tied for fifth most in the country, and he finished second in the Pac-12 in rushing yards, behind only Zach Charbonnet. How does he not get invited? I don't understand. That's actually pretty unbelievable. I did not know that was a thing that happened. I don't have a football thing. Uh, I'm going to go to surfing. Okay. Okay. So okay. last weekend was the Eddie Aikau Big Wave Surfing Invitational. Eddie Aikau. Uh, uh, in Waimea Bay on the north shore of Oahu. Okay. It's like, it's like the biggest surfing competition, like the Daytona 500, the Super Bowl of surfing. The guy who won it amongst like all these legendary surfers, a lifeguard who was the lifeguard at Waimea Bay. I, I just wow. think that's pretty important. Pretty remarkable that an amateur surfer, not even like under contract in any deals, just does it for a living, won the whole competition. Can you surf, Colt? I cannot stand he cannot surf. and surf. I can bodyboard, meaning I can lay down on a board and drop in on waves. I've never stood on a wave, though. Okay. Shout out to the Instagram live viewers as well as the Twitter live viewers. I'm not sure what Twitter calls their, their live format. But shout out to everyone that's here today. Um, I've got the Pacific Point of Pen. Um, it's a pen That's with the Pacific Point of View logo. Yes, it is. Merchandise. We're not selling it, though. What? Um, no, we're not. I don't know. How do they buy, bud? I don't know. Shout out to Madeline Williamson. She's the one who put this together for me. So um, she's not paying attention right now. Um, I'm surprised that we got uh, this opportunity at Colby and Cheeseburgers. I, I violated the uh, FCC huh? rules or, or whatever they call it, the radio <laughs> rules, for the first time last week. What would you say? And we get this... Uh, you know what? We well, I'll disclose that later in the show. But um, I just I just think it's awesome this place exists. I love cold beer and cheeseburgers. Love Blaze Radio. You yep. know the view here is fantastic at Chase Field. Wish I could show you guys, uh, viewers at home, but we can't. So uh, normally in Pacific Point of View, if you guys are new, um, we talk about Wheaties. You know who was eating their Wheaties the last week in the Pac-12, but. Once again, it's the off season, and we're not in our typical venue, right? We're at cold beer and cheeseburgers. So, who was eating their cold beer and cheeseburgers? And by that, I mean what was the best meal you had this week? And also, should we order? I think we should. And you know what? There's there's one thing on the menu I'm going to shout out. The staple mac and cheese looks really good. You got the cheese blend with the toasted breadcrumbs. I think I'm going to have to order that whenever uh, whenever I get the opportunity. Okay, yeah, is is, yeah, is Eleanor Yeah, we can bring in uh, Eleanor, our waitress. Should we have her leave a few yeah, comments? Yeah, 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 we'll have her come um, down. I'm I'm going to get Eleanor for us. She's going to be Yeah, thank you. Cam Reddish in a first round okay, pick. Okay, so the Blazers just traded Josh Hart for Cam Reddish in a first round pick. I'm probably going to go with either the big unit because Bosky 
the waiter was hyping it up a lot, so the big unit could end up being what I'm going to go with. Our uh, waitress oh. just left. But here, Colt, you can take a look at the menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while Colt's looking at the menu, let's talk about Fruit Loops. You know, what's the worst thing you hate this week, Hayden? That's tough. And you know what? I'm going to take kind of a different point of view, if you will, here. I'm going to go nutritional, okay? I love Pop-Tarts. They are so bad for oh. you oh. and provide no nutritional value in the morning. I had some Pop-Tarts on Monday morning. I left the house. I felt like I ate air. I had no energy throughout the day, yeah. and yeah. it just it, it, it didn't do it for me. It's a good snack, you know, late-night snack or something, but not enough by itself. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I've endure, enjoyed Pop-Tarts since I was, like, 11 years old. They're just way – I don't even think they t- – the second I discovered toaster strudels as a young lad, Pop-Tarts were irrelevant to me. Best thing I ate this week was a ginormous Italian meatball. It was, like, this big. I had about three of them. I've just never had a meatball by itself with no pasta. I didn't even know that was a thing. Super good. Can you repeat the word Italian, please? Italian? You said Italian. Italian? Yeah, it was just strange to listen to. <laughs> okay. The, the Fruit Loops part of the week, canned soup. Okay, Campbell's Chunky Soup. I don't know. It just tastes like below mid. Like soup should be in a crock pot, should be, you know, active ingredients that you go to the grocery store, you cut it up, and you put it all together. Canned soup is just crappy. Can you make your own soup? I mean, I could. It just okay. it, it takes a while. I'm just curious. Now, it does take a while. It's time-consuming. What's not time-consuming is just rolling down the street to Rallies. Rallies is a fast food chain. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, it's it's not very good. I I had a Rallies chicken burger the other night. That was the worst thing I ate. Uh, it was not good. The bun is always soggy. The chicken is subpar to bad, and just all the condiments and everything. Where's where's Eleanor? I need need to order some food now. Just thinking of the L's we took in that regard. Cole, you keep an eye and let us know when she's present. Um, We have a celebrity in our midst. Um, Hayden uh, is famously known for having recorded a cold beer and cheeseburgers promo for the radio. Yes. Unfortunately, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, can't can't air that here tonight. But uh, if you know you want to go listen to the local sports station, uh, it should be. Running after any ASU game, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty cool opportunity, and first time I've actually ever been to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers, so looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. We have the MVP of the hour. We have Eleanor here, our waitress. She's going to get our entrees going for us. I just got a Terry chicken sandwich with a side salad. Okay, perfect. Um, Ranch, please. Thank you very much. You know what, Eleanor? Um, I think I'm going to go with the buffalo chicken sandwich. Uh, blue cheese, please. Blue cheese <laughs> is always a good choice. Um, what are the options? Let's do tots. I'm a tots guy. All Anyways, right. Hayden. And then I will do the staple mac and cheese, please. And can I do a water with that as well? All right. Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, yes, please. Thank and you. that concludes our Wheaties segment. Thank you guys um, for fun. tuning in there. But yeah, Hayden's a celebrity, and he can't play the clip for us because it's. Lots of, Come on, man. Lots of, stu- lots of red tape and stuff. You know, it's it's tough. Yeah, but uh, the biggest news around these parts right now, I mean, on? among many other things, you got the Phoenix Open going on around here. you got the NFL Experience going on. you got the NFL Honor Ceremony. The Super Bowl, pretty big event going on right in our backyard right now. And uh, one of the starting quarterbacks of the Super Bowl is Jalen Hurts. And the biggest debate going on right now is who can claim Jalen Hurts, Alabama or Oklahoma? And so I'm curious to hear which side of the fence you guys fall on. This is tough. And when you break down all these transfer scenarios, this one is definitely the toughest for me 
to make a choice on. Because you look at Jalen Hurts, right? He started three years at Bama, went 39-3. and He took them to the natty despite getting benched in that game. Uh, I believe he graduated from Alabama. But graduate transfer. But he had his best individual year at Oklahoma, and he arguably would not have been taken in the second round if he did not transfer to Oklahoma. Yep. And for that reason, I think Oklahoma has a claim to Jalen Hurts. Wow, wow. When I associate a guy with a school, I think, what do I remember? The, the, the most notable moment in you know football and what jersey were they wearing and so two things come to mind with Jalen Hurts when he got benched for Tua he was wearing a Bama jersey and then when Tua went down to the SEC championship game Jalen Hurts comes in and saves the day saves the season that's where I see Jalen Hurts so I'm gonna go Alabama yeah you've got that Hawaii tie in there with Tua so I I figured that would be the choice of course Um, I think the discussion around Jalen Hurts has been covered a little bit too much but, I mean, we're covering it now, so we're yeah. extending that. Cup. But, hey, you got to talk about what's, what's trendy to keep it going. True. Um, I think this one is the rare, rare case no. where I would say both teams ah. have some claim. I just think Alabama recruited him. Oklahoma didn't recruit him. His ceiling he hit at Oklahoma. Uh, Nick Saban set him up to transfer to Oklahoma really well. And he was at Alabama for longer time-wise, but he... You know, just I don't know. It's I feel like both have a fair claim, and no matter which, I think that's what made things such a heated debate in this regard. Yeah. Is just because both teams had a legitimate claim. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say both. But there's other players in college football, especially with the transfer portal heating up, that also can flip from one school to the other. And so let's go down the list here. We got Jaden Daniels, right? He played yeah. a few seasons at Arizona State. We watched him. Um, it comes in as a true freshman, starts right away. Um, here for three years, technically, one of them very shortened for COVID, uh, the COVID season where we played, like, what, five games or four games. And now he's at LSU. They won the SEC West in his first year. So when you see Jaden Daniels, who can claim Jaden Daniels, Arizona State or LSU? Yeah, this one, this one hurts. Uh, I have to say LSU, but it, it sucks because, you know, I remember when we were freshmen at the ASU Welcome watching – Jaden Daniels down on the concourse, and he was in our class. He was a big-time recruit, one of the most hyped QB prospects ever to come to Tempe. And, you know, his freshman year, he wasn't phenomenal, but he was really good, and he showed a lot of upside, a lot of promise. He showed he was smart and savvy, Yeah. um, but just really tailed off after that. That sophomore year, he didn't look good in limited action. In his junior year, he just, you know, could never build any rapport with those wide receivers and, you know, became essentially one-dimensional with his legs and then turns around, goes to LSU, and he was just an absolute beast last year. Beat Bama, won the SEC West. You know, in my eyes, he'll always be a Sun Devil, but, you know, the vast majority of people are going to see him as an LSU Tiger, and I do believe that's who has a claim to him. I'm going to use my same logic. I mean, I see two significant moments when I see Jaden Daniels. I see his LSU run beating Bama last year, and then freshman year when, or was it freshman year or sophomore? Freshman Freshman year year when he beat Oregon, that throw to Ayuk. I see that, and I'm like, man, maybe that put him on the map, so I'm going to go ASU. Man, I'm going to lean LSU only because he, yes, he had that iconic moment at Arizona State. That was awesome. But then I think Herm Edwards failed ASU and he failed Jaden Daniels because he failed to develop Jaden Daniels into the quarterback that he could become, and he just absolutely stunted his growth. He gets to LSU, he emerges as a Heisman contender. And this next year, I think especially, and we see another year of him playing at that level at LSU, I'm not going to need that water. I'm already 
I'm all right. You're I'm, hydrated. I've got my Thanks. my. Uh, it's not Dos Equis. It's Stella. Stella Artois. It's not beer. It's cerveza. It's cerveza. It's not beer, guys. Grow up. Um, but yeah, he he immerses a Heisman contender at LSU. He won the West. He never won, you know, a division at the Pac-12. And and it's not Jaden Daniels' fault. It's not Arizona State's fault. I would blame it on Herm Edwards, but that's just me personally. Um, another player that comes to mind, Michael. P- Before we say that, let's shout out Ryan and Theo. They just pulled up to the building. We'll definitely um, Theo Ash NFL. Theo, the the Theo Ash yeah. NFL yeah. is in the building. That's a pretty so big deal. That is a pretty big deal. Um, we'll we'll be sure. Uh, also, to Michael Bosky from, uh, from Talking TikTok. Baseball History yeah. you know, and All Things Barcelona Sports is here. We, we literally have a segment later today where we're talking about draft sleepers from the Pac-12. Bring and them so in. We could, that is going to be when we're bringing on, on Theo. We have to bring Theo's the the draft guru. So, anyways. He's Mel Kuyper. Yeah, literally. Um, anyways, we'll let him order his food first or do whatever he's going to do. But Michael Penix Jr. is another guy that comes to mind. Okay. Um, he started at Indiana. Yep. He played longer at Indiana. He's now at Washington. He's about to go in his second year at Washington. Who do you think of? What team? Yeah, this one's pretty easy for me. He was good, not great, at Indiana. Goes to Washington. Instantly a Heisman contender, tore up the Pac-12 last year easily. When I think of Michael Penix Jr., he's a Washington Husky. Yeah, when I think Penix, I think Washington is where he had his career revived. And so that career revival happens in purple. I'm saying purple. Yeah, the Indiana run in 2020 was awesome, but the injury and the shortened COVID season, even when he was great in 2020, you just got to give the nod to Washington. We've got Caleb Williams. Easy USC. Won the Heisman. Exactly. Got to be. Exactly. Got to be easily USC. Started at Oklahoma, but he's already played more games at USC. We've got Jaden Delora, little Washington State, Arizona action. Yeah, you know, I think the only reason, Colt, you could probably agree with this, the only reason he went to Wazoo was Rolo. Correct. I mean, come on. He wasn't going to Pullman if, if the, the Hawaii legend wasn't there. Um, obviously, Rolo left, and so did Jaden Delora. Goes to Arizona tears it up in that system. I think he's going to be really good in the second year under that system. And, you know, uniting him with Jacob Cowing again is, is going to be scary. Um, I, I do think Delora had, I want to say it was his freshman year. I think he had a better freshman year at Wazoo um, than he did last year at U of A. But I think there are better years to come for him. And uh, I think Delora's a wildcat. I'm, I'm going to say Wazoo be, because of everything you mentioned with Nick Rolovich. I mean, that significant win where they beat ASU as playing spoiler. They weren't supposed to win that game. Rolo wasn't even there. Had the interim coach comes in and absolutely dominates us. That's the moment I think of when I think of Delora. And I think that elevated him to go to the Wildcats and put him on the map. Yeah. I I, I disagree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. I disagree. I actually think that um, – Washington State is is yeah. where I is that what you just said? Yeah, I just said that. Why are you just something? Sorry, I, I just heard you with. say Wildcat. You're Arizona. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Jaden Delora of Washington State. Sorry, I was just. I'm not gonna lie. I was thinking about what we could do with Theo in the house. I did not know he was gonna be here tonight. That's gonna be very exciting. Yeah, we, we can get talk to the draft NFL section. Um, but anyway, it's Washington State. In that case, I agree with you, Colt. Oh, one hundred percent. agree. I agree with oh you. Oh my god. Um, Washington State. Then we got Bo Nix. Bo Nix, Oregon, and Auburn. You know, Bo Nix was vilified at all. He, he was likely going to be T.J. Finley's backup if he didn't transfer to Oregon. I mean, he got ran out of town. And, you know, I want to say rightfully so. He was he was not great. Guy was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school. And he wasn't great, but he comes to Oregon, gets coached up by Kenny Dillingham, reaches his potential, and I think he's going to be, you know, a first or second round selection in the following, not this year, but the next NFL draft. 
So okay. I think easily the Oregon Ducks have a claim to him for the same reason that I said Oklahoma for Jalen Hurts. They coached him up. They got him to where he is now. And, you know, Bo Nix, I think for that reason, is a duck. I mean, Bo Nix got significant, like, real tangible traction when it comes to Heisman this year. And especially when he had that game where he scored two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, and a receiving touchdown. I mean, this guy was doing everything last year for Oregon, especially that moment when they beat UCLA. I think, you know, last year he played Auburn. Uh, no, no, he played Oregon. Who, who did, was it Auburn-Oregon to start the season? What are you referring to? Bo Nix, when they started the year in 2019. Oh, yeah, when he Oregon. was on Auburn yeah, and beat, beat Oregon. Oregon. So, so that's kind of the whole, like, mm, maybe that's where he started, but I'm going to say Oregon. Okay, I'm gonna. This time, I'm actually gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna say Auburn really? for Bo Nix. I think it's still Auburn because he just had one year at Oregon. He played great, yes, but he was injured for a couple key moments and key games, and Oregon didn't do anything crazy. And I just think when I picture him, I think of him in an Auburn uniform still. And I reserve the right to change my mind here. I think this could change my <laughs> mind with with another good year at Oregon. But for now, I, I just think of Auburn. I'm just being honest. I think of Auburn. So. Last guy, we've got Darius Muasau, I mean, who is a linebacker at Hawaii and is now at UCLA. Yeah, I mean, the guy was a superstar at Hawaii. Am I right, Cole? Yeah, I mean, the guy was like the captain of our defense. He's from Hawaii. He's from Mililani, my hometown. I mean, this was Hawaii blood playing for the yeah. hometown team. He's still Hawaii to me. Yeah, and, you know, he was good at UCLA. He came in, he's a was a second-team All-Pac-12 defense selection this last year. And, you know, Hawaii built Darius Muis out. And, there you go. And for that reason, I think the Bows have a claim to their guy. Yeah, Hawaii forever is what I have written down. Darius Aww. Muis out deserves that respect. Um, definitely Hawaii. I, I don't see any reason for him to be hey, – he, he's going to be at UCLA again next year. He graduated. I believe he's going to be there one more year. Okay, yes. so good for him. If you guys don't know who Darius Muis out is to the fans, watch the highlight tape. Watch, roll the tape. Theo roll probably the tape. knows who he is. Yeah. Let's have a breakdown, Darius Where's Theo? Where's Theo? Where, he's over oh, there at the gotcha. bar. All right. We'll, okay. We'll bring, we'll bring him on, on our show. A- ask, him, ask him if he thinks Darius Muasau has NFL potential. And if he isn't. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, so we, we're going to tease something that's going to come later in the show. Oh, that's my favorite. Um, so we, <laughs> we have a mascot, the Wave. It's, it's our profile picture right there. I, you can't see it over there if you're on Twitter, but... Um, you know, just, just stay with me. It's a, it's our wave mascot. Um, What's it called, bud? We don't know. That's the <laughs> thing. We don't know what it's called. So we're going to make an official name announcement because we promised. We promised we would. What did we, we say? And so we will. Um, and so should I throw out the options? Let's do it. Should yeah, th- yeah, yeah. Throw okay, out, so we've got, we've got a few options to name the wave right now. We've got. Should we vote right now or should we do that later? Like individually. I don't know. Who's we voting? can do it whenever Are we, we want. Or Who the would fans vote? Voting? You know, let's let the fans. Vote. I think. I think we need to come to a consensus on what okay. we'll do at the break. Okay. Yeah. Got okay. It. But the names in the running right now are Wally, Wally the Wave. It's the Wa- OG name. Yep. Exactly. Waldo. Okay. <laughs> Wavy. There you go. Uh, Weedy the Wave. Uh, Ikaika the yeah. Wave. Ikaika the Wave. Kavika the Wave. Another Hawaiian. Vili the Wave. Third Hawaiian. And Watery the Wave. Um, so. Just stay high for that. Be ready. That's going to happen. Who's at the top of your guys' leaderboards right now, though? I like the idea of Wally or Waldo. What about you, Hayden? Wally's the classic, man. But Ikaika so would be kind of fun. I'm really digging Ikaika. I mean, that, I, that's fair. It's the Hawaiian flair. Kavika is pretty <laughs> cool, too. I just don't like the way Ikaika the wave doesn't really, like, 
roll off the tongue. It does not roll off the tongue at you all. You know, my middle name is Laakea, right, as we all know. It does I mean, not roll off the tongue. A Wally or Waldo, whatever we call him, could just have Ikaika as his middle name. It's his Hawaiian name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll no. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll let we'll <laughs> let the fans decide. I don't know how we're gonna do that. We'll find a way. We'll find a way to do watery, that. Watery though. Um, <laughs> watery the wave is the worst one by far. I, in fact, I'm gonna delete watery the wave. No way. You gotta keep it. Okay. Well, well it's, maybe it's so good. We'll decide how we're gonna make that happen. Um, but we we can't go any further without acknowledging there is a bowl game that is played in yeah. this very stadium. I believe it is the Guaranteed Rate Bowl yes. uh, that is held annually uh, for how many years now? Two, three? We'll see. That's part of trivia for later. Oh! oh. Yeah. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl is uh, one of many iterations okay. of a bowl game okay. that has been played in the Valley. Yeah, so the Guaranteed Rate Bowl was played here and uh, between Oklahoma State and Wisconsin. Oklahoma State and Wisconsin had some strange vibes. Wisconsin fired their head coach. Oklahoma State and Wisconsin both had very underwhelming seasons. They had conference championship aspirations. And then Wisconsin had an interim head coach, Luke Fickle. The new head coach was on the sideline but not coaching. It was very confusing. Let's talk about those two programs. In honor of the guaranteed rate bowl, Wisconsin ends up winning. What direction is each program starting to head in? Let's start with Oklahoma State. Yeah, I've, I've got to say downward trajectory for them. They lost a bunch of guys in the transfer portal, including their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, also linebacker. Mason Cobb is headed to SC, and it just kind of feels like the vibes aren't great there. I mean, Mike mm-hmm. Gundy obviously is a legend. He's coming back for I don't even know how many years it's been. He's one of the longest-tenured coaches in college football. But, you know, last year, we forget, they were a top-ten team in, like, a college football playoff dark yep. horse. When ASU, At some point this year, they were a yeah, dark horse. When, when ASU went into Stillwater, Oklahoma State was number 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. and. Yeah. They just absolutely fell apart down the stretch last season, and it was ugly. And they, they were getting blown out. They got beat. What was it? Forty nine nothing by Kansas State or something. Forty eight nothing. Beat down to the century, and the game made no sense. It was college. Was it college game day? Which game? Oklahoma State Kansas State. I don't think it was college game, so. day, but it was game day. It was a big game. It was, it was a top fifteen yeah. matchup. So you know, coming into this season, they're going to have to replace their quarterback and do something to kind of stop the bleeding and. Uh, yeah, just things not looking good in Stillwater right now. When I think Wisconsin and when I think Oklahoma State, I think of two teams on opposite sides of the spectrum. I mean, you got Mike Gundy, who's been there since 2005. I think they've already reached the pinnacle of this era. I don't know how much higher they can get under Gundy. To already allude to Wisconsin, I think with Fickle, he's already on the come up. He's proven himself in Cincinnati. They are starting a new era here. They're going playoff. I think Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma State is thinking – Maybe we try and like fight for a New Year's six, at least crack the top twenty-five. See, I don't two even polar think opposite yeah. things right now. Yeah, I think that that's even too much. Oklahoma State, the vibes are terrible. The vibes are terrible in the program right now. With all yeah. the transfers, they are 89th in returning production from last year. 89th. That is terrible. Their their recruiting class is down in the 40s. It's routinely in the 30s under Mike Gundy, and uh, they were 61st. Out of, I believe, it's 67 teams that the on-three recruiting portal ranking is. That's really bad, too. They are in a very, very bad spot. And Mike Gundy has come out of ruts before, but this one feels a little bit different. It feels like Oklahoma State might not be able to come back from this one. I'm not going to say ASU is going to be favored in the Week 2 game, but I think it will be less than a touchdown. It might be like minus four Oklahoma State. When last year, I believe it was at least Oklahoma State was at least favored by 
two touchdowns. The game's certainly looking a lot more favorable towards Oregon, Arizona State. Yeah. However, the program as a whole, if you have Oklahoma and Texas leaving the conference, right, does that maybe allow Oklahoma State to get some of those Oklahoma recruits to come to the Big 12, at least be what's the, the power in that conference? But what's the, what's the allure to go to the Big 12 instead of the SEC? No, I'm not sure, but I just know that Wisconsin may be competing against the Ohio State. No, State all those, all those guys are going to go to SMU so they can play in the Pac-12. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. With San Diego State, not Hawaii. Come on. Cole, I know you touched on Wisconsin a little bit already, but Hayden, you want to give some thoughts on, on where you think Wisconsin's headed? You know, I was a year early on the Badgers. I picked Wisconsin to win their division preseason before 2022. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge Braylon Allen fan. I think he's going to be one of the best running backs in college football next year. I believe he put on a show in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. He, he rushed did. for over 100 yards. Um, like he did against ASU in the Las Vegas Bowl the pre previous season. Yep. I'm a big fan of Wisconsin, and I absolutely think they're going to be the favorites. And is it the Big Ten West, I believe? The Big Ten it's West, yes. The Big yes. Ten West. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Badgers and where they're headed. Yeah, I mean, you look at the rest of that Big Ten West, right? You've got Iowa, who's got serious problems at offensive coordinator. More on them in, in just a moment, actually. I have some hilarious stuff to tell you guys. Um <laughs> Purdue's got a new head coach. Minnesota and P.J. Fleck are kind of just ebbing and flowing. I think Wisconsin gets them at home this year. Uh, you've got – it doesn't even matter. The rest of that division's trash Illinois. outside of that. Illinois, well, Illinois is good, but they lost their defensive Northwestern. coordinator. Northwestern. Northwestern's yeah. garbage. And then uh, what is it? Indi not Indiana. Not, uh, it's all messed up. It's all – the rest of them are garbage. They don't yeah. matter. Nebraska, they're okay, garbage. there you go. I don't think they'll be good under in year one um, under – Matt Rule, but uh, I think fantastic vibes by Wisconsin. I've already told you guys how much I'm going to annoy you about it. Mordecai, Braylon Allen, Luke Fickle. I wanted to shout out another guy, Darian Varner, a uh, transfer from Temple, seven and a half sacks last year, and then they've also got Jason Matry, a four-year starter at defensive back from Boston College coming in. Two huge difference makers for Wisconsin on defense. Right, and if we talk about Wisconsin's division, like how you just mentioned, you better take advantage of it now before they start doing some realignment and then you get, like, Ohio State in that division and you're not going to be a guaranteed shoe-in in that Big Ten championship. You better start winning those now. Yeah, the Big Ten. So the Big Ten's thing is USC and UCLA are coming next year. Not yep. this year, but next year. So they're doing just one last ride with divisions. So this is it. After this, you don't know what the heck could happen. You might have USC in your division next year. So exactly. you got to get it on top of things. So anyways, I made a promise you guys talk about Iowa some more. Let's talk about Iowa. I don't know if you guys saw this. I might have sent it to the group chat, actually. Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator at Iowa, who just so happens to be the head coach Kirk Ferentz's son. Okay. He just announced, they just announced they altered his contract. So his new contract is his base salary is going to be 850000 a year. Damn. And he has a set of goals he has to achieve for more money this year. And if he achieves both goals... His contract gets extended by another year, and this is effective for the next two years. So he has to have at least 25 points per game on offense and at least seven wins. And so if they averaged 25 points a game on offense this last year, that would have put them at eighth in the Big Ten. So what are your thoughts on this, the standards that Brian Ferentz is being held to? I just don't get it because if Iowa had even a competent offense last year, they probably would have won the Big Ten West. Yeah. I mean, that defense yeah. was – the best in the country. I mean, the Iowa defense is insane. Oh, best in the country. It's up there. It, Georgia. Okay. Georgia yeah, exists. That was, that was a hot take. That was a hot okay, take. Okay, yeah, there we go. Big Ten. Best in the Big Ten. I think that. we can easily say that. I would agree with yeah. that. I mean, this is just nepotism at its at its finest. I think if Iowa were to go out 
and poach, you know, an offensive coordinator. I, who did, I forget who Oregon hired, but someone like that who was the OC at, like, UTSA. You know, get an yeah. up-and-comer, someone who's going to not only, you know, fix your scheme but bring in some transfers with them. I mean, I know they got J.J. McCarthy, but I don't think that's going to be enough. And, you know, with Iowa, you know, they're – their path to success on offense is going to be pounding the rock, get the big boys on the O-line, and they just seems like they kind of lost their identity last year. I mean, they need to get a somewhat competent quarterback, and I don't know if Brian Ferentz is going to attract they've, that. They've got um, Cade McNamara coming in. Remember, he there was very go. early, very early in the transfer. He, like, transferred the second Michigan season's at Cade season. Cade McNamara, not J.J. McCarthy. My bad. Speaking to the contract itself, though, I do like that there's, like, this incentive. Like, there's a clear number. Like, you need at least 25 yeah, points but, per game. But this is something eighth? I think Hawaii football should start implementing because we're, like, what, 130th out of 131st in total offense? I mean, if we could get that thing up to top 100, we would at least be bowl eligible. Yeah, but, but my thing is eighth, like, eighth in the Big Ten is what they're basically saying. They're saying you will get more money if you give us the eighth best offense in the Big Ten. That's not good. That's not good still. <laughs> that is still below average in your conference. What are we doing? And we know son. we know what we're doing. Yeah, it's his uh, son. Trying to keep his son. What is going on in Iowa? Yeah. And, like, I get it. Ferenc is, like, the longest tenured head coach in all of football, I think, because he's been there since, like, 96 or something like that. But yeah. at this point, it's just like, geez, Kirk, <laughs> like, yeah. what are you trying to do over there? But, you know, it, to each their own, that's fine. That's whatever. Um, we've got a number of segments uh, planned throughout this show. We've been uh, just kind of doing the guest speakers, kind of hopping around. Um, let's get Theo over here. Where's Theo? Can we find the the Theo man? Theo, He's right there. Are we going to give him the broken mic, or are we going to give him a mic there? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll give him mine. I'll give him mine. Because do you guys have your uh, your sleeper pack twelve okay, cool, cool, cool. recruits? You mean no, no. We're going to oh, be yeah, talking yeah. draft. Picks? Okay, yep. we're okay. going to get Theo Ash on the show. I'm going to give him my mic. Okay, so so how this is going to work? Okay. Wait, is that stretching too far? Oh, boy. Hold on. Wait. Is that the broken one you just gave, Theo? No, but if he can hear. I can, I can hear you okay. guys, yes. but I can't. Like, it's not coming through the, the speakers. Okay. But I can still hear you. We can hear okay? you. Okay. Yes, okay. So, okay. So, Theo, we each came prepared with a few sleepers, mm-hmm. sleeper draft picks in the Pac-12. Um, so, well, actually, how rude of me. Let me introduce. We have, we have Theo. We have Theo here. Um, you may know him as Theo Ash NFL on, uh, on TikTok uh, and Twitter as well. Um, and so we brought him on here to help us out. So we each came. He, doesn't, he didn't know this was happening, by the way. This is <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew you guys were doing this, and that's why I'm, I didn't just happen to stop by cold beers <laughs> and cheeseburgers for a cheeseburger and a cold beer. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But, and they do serve both of those things. We've confirmed it. Um, but we each came prepared with a few sleeper draft prospects from the Pac-12, and we know you're you're hitting the film, and you might not have watched film on all these guys, but but you kind of just give us your thoughts that you have so far, maybe on uh, some of these prospects and uh, how you think they'll be. Well, Zach Carbonet is really the only one I know much about because last year he declared for the draft, and then he like went a long time, and then he's like, never mind. Um, and he, everyone had scouted him, and then he was like, never mind, going back to UCLA, and so it was like everyone. So was, annoying. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, well, I guess we'll just reuse the scouting report next year. Uh, I honestly don't know how he did this year, but I remember last year I really thought that he was a, a franchise running back type of prospect. Really? I mean, I mean the guy has got prototypical size to um, hold up against, I think, a, a lot of contact and can handle a lot of carries and had good contact balance and everything like that. Pretty good vision. Um, you know, maybe not like 
the the twitchiest or you know like I I don't man I'm I'm calling back from a year ago here but I I remember being impressed when I watched him out of UCLA. Yeah, he took a lot of carries for the Bruins. I mean, if you saw the tape versus Hawaii, you would have thought this guy was going <laughs> to be the Heisman and the greatest running back of all time. He might be, I mean, he's good. I I I legitimately I mean, I don't think any running back is going to get picked in the first round. Um even even Robinson from Texas. Like I just think we're a, I don't think that uh, he's going to be a first-round pick. Wow. Um, we watched Bijan in person. He was amazing. Or Bijan, sorry. Bijan Robinson. Yeah, I always am confused on if that name starts with a like has a Y sound or the J yeah. sound. You got so It's Bijan. It's, it's Bijan because he has a mustard. Bijan it's called Bijan mustard, and okay. it's playing on Dijon mustard. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're being serious. I'm, I'm no, dead no, no, serious. No, 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 no. <laughs> NIL. Okay, I believe. Okay, I believe. It's, you, I it's believe the ba- it's the the power of NIL. Bijan Mustardson. <laughs> come on, Cole. You gotta. <laughs> a real. Come on. It's a real thing. There he is. Yeah, I, you're right. It is Bijan Mustardson. But like, even him, I like. I go through mock drafts, and I just am not sure if the positional value is enough to um, take a running back in the first round. You hmm. see. Um, Pacheco. Right? Yeah, Pacheco and, and really every starting running back in the Super Bowl has made less than a million dollars for like or less than five million, like a pretty low contract. We haven't seen yeah, a superstar so it's such running. a small number. We haven't seen a superstar running back in the in the Super Bowl in like twenty years. So it's not really something needed for a team, so I just don't think that these there any of them are gonna be the first round pick. But I think that that like in the second round, I think that's kind of the new first round for running backs. Like, I, I definitely would take Carbonate pretty high. I, I really think that he he checks all the boxes. So that's the that's the guy I've seen. I've seen Addison as well. Now that you have him up yeah, here, yeah. Where, where does he rank in terms of wide receivers coming in? Because there's so Addison. I like him a little bit more than JSN. Okay, those are the two I've seen so far. Okay, uh, really, JSN is is real slow. Um, he, I think that he's going to go to the combine, and I think he's going to run like a four point six. I really wow. do. I, really? He has no breakaway speed. Um, he's not super explosive in and out of cuts. He's really technically refined. He's got great balance, um, great hands. Like everyone at OSU knows how to track a football, but Addison does have a little bit more juice to him. And when you're running routes, he's really smooth with everything he does. Um, a big key indicator for cornerbacks when guys are breaking in and out is they'll kind of straighten up. Like, before they're about to break, they'll kind of, like, slow up or straighten out, and then corners know, like, oh, he's about to break one way or the other. Like, it all looks the same with Jordan Addison. He's always got his, like, kind of back straight. He always looks – he's always selling downfield, and people have to respect his speed. And then he snaps down real fast or breaks in and out real fast. So I think that really gives him a, a high floor. Um, and it's the same deal with JSN, but, but Jordan Addison just – a little bit more of that home run speed, and, and, and JSN is just never going to ke- take the top off the defense. Okay. So I don't think that he's as good as guys maybe like Garrett Wilson or Olave last year, I think, or even Drake London out of the, the Pac-12. But I think this is a bit of a, a weaker wide receiver class than we've seen in a while. But Jordan Addison is, I think, easily worth a, a first-round pick. I think he could be a, a very solid piece in the receiving core. Hayden, you got any uh, guys you got in your mind? I've, I've got more of a question. It's going off the Pac-12 theme a little bit. But uh, who's your favorite quarterback? in this class just curious my favorite is actually just projecting based on tools i think right now um the guy who's the best right now currently i think bryce young is a very good problem oh, I solver thought, i thought you were about to say um anthony Robertson. well okay. he's my favorite he's my favorite projecting forward i think right now wow. the sa- like i think right now the best quarterback if you take everything into consideration like their tape right now it's young but i think when you're projecting forward in the draft Richardson is a lot less raw 
than people think. People mm-hmm. think of him as like he's a huge project. He, you know, you have to rebuild him from the ground up. Richardson has great pocket movement. That guy like never gets sacked. You can watch games and it just people will have shots at him and he'll either break it, he'll smartly throw it away, or he'll like step up in the pocket. He really is good in the pocket. And he reads, I've seen him read like one, two, three, four, five. Like he's reading the whole field. And he's got a quick release. His upper body is good. His lower body is the problem. Uh, he'll overstride. He's on his toes a little bit Excuse me. too much. He'll overshoot guys. His accuracy is not good. Um, but if you have faith in your coaching staff, he's not a total rebuild. It's okay. not like you need to forget everything you know, need to know about playing quarterback. He's really like... You're doing good things. You just need a bit more time. So if you can have him sit a year, it reminds me a little bit of Trey Lance coming out of NDSU where, like, I thought that Trey Lance was pretty good mechanically. I thought, like, he was running a pro-style offense and all that. It's just, like, the accuracy needed a little bit work of work. And I wish I could say, like, we knew what he was, but we don't. So, yeah, yeah. like, if he was really good, I would be like, oh, yeah, definitely take Richardson. And if he was really bad, I might say, like, yeah, it's, it may not be worth the wish. But the fact that we don't know True. Uh, makes it, his comparison a little bit murkier. Somehow but he, he's someone that I would really take a chance on. I think mobile quarterbacks, like, they can really transform your running game with all the read option stuff they do. Like, Fields, Justin Fields was ass at passing this year. Like, let's be yes. real. They're at the yes. bottom of the league <laughs> in every single passing metric. But you can still, like, be pretty encouraged by what you saw. Because, like, he was just so electric on the ground. And that's why I think running quarterbacks have a pretty high ceiling. And I really do think Richardson can figure it out. I think he's closer than people think. Okay. Wow. That's pretty good stuff. Uh, have you done any film research on, uh, on Jack Coletto? <laughs> <laughs> I have not done any film research on him. Have you done film research on him? What uh, should I be looking for? I watched with? every game. Uh, it wasn't an all-22 <laughs> view, but I feel like, you know, all you need what is— What should I need to know about his, just his watch strengths every and weaknesses? Fourth Listen, down, what, fourth and what, one. <laughs> what you need to know, Theo, code. is anyone that gets Jack Coletto— any third and short or fourth and short they face for the entire season, they will have a person on their offense. What position is he? He is everything. Yeah. He plays okay. every position. For on offense, I assume? He yeah, plays, yeah, obviously for your no, five. he played linebacker. He played linebacker. Oh, wow. He played defensive. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, okay. I, I need you to go take a look at him. The he, Jack Hammer. I, okay. He's like a day three fullback is what I've seen okay. about him. But he, the Jack Hammer, you need – I think – <laughs> he's, he's potentially he's the, number one pick. the greatest player. Does he, act, does he pick up every third and fourth down in real life, or are you yes. talking about NCAA yes. like a football no. franchise? No. In, in, in he won life. the Heisman. He, won, he was first team all back 12. The, Theo, I kid you not. It got to the point. He won the Paul Horning Award this year. You, oh. know, you know who won the Paul Horning Award like two of the last three years? Christian Mc, or not like five years probably. Christian McCaffrey won the Paul Horning Award. Okay. Devonta Smith won the Paul Horning Award. And Jack Coletto won it this last year. That tells okay. you all you need to know about how versatile this player is. He's like he's like a Taysom Hill, but way better in every way. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's that's what my I'm intrigued. Is. You're selling you're selling me. Okay, that's perfect. I expect to see a video on that. He, he's a Bronco, is what I'm hearing. One hundred percent. Sean Payton is going to make him his his new little pet cat <laughs> and like just have him his new passion project. Would not be surprised if that's where they go. But I, I have another one for you, also from Morgan State. You've probably heard of this one. Hopefully. Luke Musgrave. That, that's exactly what it is. I heard. I saw some clips from him from the Senior Bowl, and he, he kind of reminds me of Gasicki a little bit. He seems like a very kind of tall, fast, long 
tight end. I, I don't know if that's a, a decent comp. That's someone a name that I saw thrown around a little bit, but a uh, very good receiver, it seems like, doing a pretty good job and looking pretty athletic in the open field for a tight end. I guess that's my only takeaway so far, but okay. uh, definitely impressed me with his, you know, with his ability just kind of running routes and in the open field. I don't know if you think that's a fair take or not because I'm just going off clips I saw from the Senior Bowl. That's great. He only... He only he only played two games for the Beavers this year. He got injured in in the game against Fresno State, but he had like 118 yards in that game. Like he I was, saw I saw that because Gannon was talking about mm-hmm. for the viewers at home. Gannon is off camera, but Gannon was talking about a, a interaction where a scout was talking about someone named Luke who had a great season, and we were trying to figure out if it was Van Ness or Musgrave, and we figured it must have been Van Ness. There's a quarterback at the University of Hawaii. His name is Braden Shager. Don't even waste your time. Don't look at anything. <laughs> he won't make it anywhere. So I just wanted to save you a guy because I know you're analyzing a bunch of films. <laughs> is he is he projected he'll be, he'll be, to be a pick no, or are you just okay? So he's college year next year or the year after. He ain't going nowhere. What team? What's the old Hawaii's quarterback's name? Cole Who is? Brennan? Yeah, I think so. Is he Cole in the McDonald? NFL? Yeah, McDonald. Yeah. McDonald. He's oh, in the NFL. Yeah. I watched him at the <laughs> combine. Yeah, Cole yeah. Brennan died on a drug overdose. <laughs> Did he? Cole McDonald is still alive, though. Yeah. So Cole McDonald's with the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> Cole, how do you think he's gonna do? What, what? How do you project Cole McDonald's XFL stats year one here well, with I the think reboot? He's gonna light it up. I mean, he's got the Rock, you know, owning the whole league. He has that Hawaiian connection. I think he'll do that well. is true. That is, he's got like home field advantage gonna, every game. They're gonna exactly. hand him the script, and he's gonna win the MVP. <laughs> the <laughs> script. <laughs> the oh, X- right. Well, doesn't Vince McMahon own the XFL, or is that no, he the does. Rock now? The Rock now. Oh, okay, yeah. Dwayne the Rock. But it, that's still a WWE guy, so that very well actually may be. True. Uh, Bang. True. We were talking. This has nothing to do with the Pac-12, but we were talking. We were trying to figure out how to fix the Pro Bowl, yeah. and we were like. That that should be script like they should hand every player their part. Yeah, and it should be like Kyler Murray leaves to go play baseball in the middle of it, and like the Diggs brothers get into a brawl, and like there's objects and like, and they the other thing they need to do is they need to put it in like early August when no one's seen any football for months. Yes, and everyone yeah. would be raring to go. It's like, oh man, what are they gonna cook up this time? <laughs> Yeah. I think that's what they need to do. That's I don't know. Do you, have any, do you have any thoughts on that? I, I think that's pretty good. The Pro Bowl's been horrific to watch. I didn't even watch. I didn't watch whatever they did this year, but uh, the last few games were horrible. They should take it back to Hawaii. <laughs> they mean, should. That was better for everyone. It was better for everyone. Um, 100%. We have a segment coming up. Um, who should be the next Cardinals head coach? And, you know, there's been a lot of movement. You have Brian Flores already going to the Vikings, so that name's crossed up. Who would you have? Who would you hire as the next Cardinals head coach? Let's see. I mean, I think that when you – I know they're, of their finalists, I, it seems like it's coming down to Mike Kafka and Lou Amarillo. Or I think – or like Alarumo? I can't remember. I can never like remember. Arun his last – yeah, his last yeah. name always escapes me. Um, I do think Kafka is a bit young yet. Like, I feel like head coach um, – I, I like kind of the CEO type head coaches. I think like a lot of the scheme gurus and everything like that. That's great, but um, I think that it's a, a bit difficult to know exactly what that is. Because for every Sean McVay, you know, there's a Matt Nagy, yeah. um, <laughs> Cliff or something like that. Cliff, like yeah. it, it sometimes doesn't translate. I think um, play calling is just 
a small days. percentage of your job as a head coach. It's just, you know, it's what we see on Sundays, which is obviously the most important aspect of it. But I always, I always like guys who are maybe a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. I'm a big fan of retreads, which may sound kind of weird because they've been fired somewhere else before. But I always like guys who have, who have had lots of opportunities to learn from mistakes before, and I think they're always better on the second go-around. So I think not that Lou Amarillo – not that Lou from the Bengals has ever go. been a head coach before, but just to be a little bit older guy, he's a great defensive play caller. I have a lot of faith in him to kind of bring a, a competency to the Cardinals, and um, he's someone that I think deserves it with everything that he's done for the Bengals. Kafka, I, they did a great job in New York this year, but I just want to see it one more time, I guess, with him. Okay, answering awesome. some questions about, about the Cardinals. That's great. Does anybody have one last question for Theo before we, we send him back? Theo, I don't know how much you watched X Valade this year at ASU or how familiar you are with his game, but basically, you know, this is a guy who's rushed for you know, 4,000 yards in his career between Wyoming and ASU. Last year, you know, was really the only bright spot on ASU's offense. <laughs> basically, the guy was just a beast. You know, he, he was second to only Zach Charbonnet in the Pac-12 in rushing yards, and he didn't get invited to the Combine. So I'm just curious, you know, what are, you know, what are, if you know, people looking for when they're inviting people to the Combine and why he might have been, you know, on the chopping block and, and did ultimately didn't make it? I don't know. I, I really don't. I think that, um, yeah, I, I guess I don't know the answer to that question. I th There's a lot of guys who, you know, aren't second in their respective Power 5 conference in, in rushing that definitely got invites. There's, like, dozens of people there each week, and I, I wish I could tell you why, but um, I will say that, like, it, it really does seem like ASU is kind of becoming an R... Like, maybe not RBU, but with, uh, you know, Benjamin finding some success in, in Arizona this yep. year and, and Rashad White in, in Tampa Bay. I do feel like... ASU running backs do have like a bit of a reputation that they can that they can succeed a bit on the pro level, and I'm, I'm sure it'll get a look. But yeah, I guess I, you know, a transfer. ASU was so bad this year. Um, he may have flown under the radar, and right. I do think a lot of like narratives, and you know, it's people have you need to have been heard of before. And if he's just flying a bit under the radar, sometimes guys get overlooked. But um, you know, if if the film speaks for itself, it's like. NFL teams will find them. All right. Thank you. This was uh, Theo Ash, NFL. Thank you for Thank all you. your uh, your insight today. Um, we'll, we'll let you go so you can go enjoy, you know, with my, my cold beer and my cheeseburger. Your cold beer and your cheeseburgers. <laughs> you can just uh, – is that your mic, Cole, or is that the – No, no, that's the – This is the extra one. Yeah, you can you can leave right. the mic Thank there. you guys so yep. much for having me of on. Of course. Thank you, for coming Thank you Theo. Always a treat to have Theo oh, coming around. That. Uh, we probably got one more segment before we go to our break at yeah. 9 o'clock. Um, <laughs> Colt's, Colt's already digging into his burger. He can't even wait. We talked about the Cardinals head coach. Um, let's talk about we'll, – we'll save the Super Bowl prediction for after because that feels a little too anticlimactic to have it so early. But let's talk about Pac-12 guys in the Super Bowl. 
We've got nine of them this year. So first up, we got Ronald Jones, running back from USC. Trent McDuffie, uh, cornerback from Washington. Justin Reed, safety from Stanford. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver from USC. Jalen Watson, uh, what is, I don't know what position he is. I'm going to be real. If He's from Washington State, though. Britton Covey, a kick returner from Utah. Andre Dillard, an uh, offensive tackle or something yeah. from Washington State. Gardner Minshew from Washington State. And then Isaac Seumalu from Oregon State, also notably a Hawaiian. So we're going to rank them, right? Okay. We're going we're gonna to rank sure. the nine guys. Or we don't have to rank. We can just talk about them. Sure. I mean – Let's break it down. Who had the best college career first? I mean, exactly. I know Trent McDuffie was one of the best defensive backs in the Pac-12. When he we was might as Washington. well, we might as well rank him. I. All right. I mean, in terms of college career, man, that one year Gardner Minshew had at Wazoo is was phenomenal. Pretty unparalleled. It was one of the best seasons we've ever seen. And he went from a guy who probably had no future in the NFL. He was just going to be a, you know, one of those. Uh, player coaches at Alabama before he ultimately had the opportunity at Wazoo and put together one of the best statistical seasons ever and um, obviously it parlayed him into a career in the NFL or he parlayed that into a career in the NFL and he's even started some games and here he is the backup on a Super Bowl team so uh, Minshew's up there Mad respect to Minshew. Isaac Samalu, I feel like, is a guy you have to Absolutely. shout out to. It's From, just tough with the O-lineman to it, judge. It know? is completely tough. I don't know anything about Andre Dillard or, or what he's done, but for Samalu, I know he's started for the Eagles for many years now, and one of the most valuable things about an offensive lineman, I just completely lost all my – wherever – where was I? Let me go find it. Command F, Samalu. There he is. There, there he is. Um, Samalu, he started for at least the last, like, I want to say like four years at the Eagle. He's been a starting offensive lineman for a long time just in the NFL as a whole. So Minshew, Samalu, Juju Smith-Schuster, or Juju Smith, as I think was his yeah. way cooler name he had. Um, I think also a guy you've got to put up there. And Britton Covey. He was I mean, a dang good player in college. For seven years. For, se- for seven <laughs> years. So what are we doing? We're doing Pac-12 rankings or like college career rankings uh, or their entire Which career? one's your mic? Is this one it? Let's go. Let's go. Your mic low-key kind of went crap. Oh. It went crap? Okay, just get it close to your mouth. Oh, I think I turned myself Can you up. hear me? Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't hear him on the mic. Can you hear him? All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, a little bit better. I your your mic went kaput, yeah. as we'll, Albert we'll Einstein it. would say. We'll fix it. We'll fix it um, at some other time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, can, can, they can probably still hear you through my mic. Nah. Oh, wait. You I go. just heard you. you. Got, you're back. You just got to oh, talk back. louder. Yeah, you're yeah. back. Anyways, Cole, give us your thoughts. I think Juju Smith-Schuster was the man, man. He's a Polynesian. He's a, in the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. I mean, this guy's already in a Hall of Fame. Wait, he's, in, he's a Polynesian? Yes. Juju is? Yes. That's he's, not. He's someone in uh, African-American mix. Oh. I'm, like, choking on a piece of chicken right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you know, who do you guys think is going to have the biggest impact in the game? Gardner Minshew. <laughs> so Col- Colt's projection is that Hertz is going to like break his leg in the first quarter or something, and Minshew's going to come in and save the day. I'll tell you what. Isaac Samalu, very important position offensive line. He's got to protect Jalen Hurts throughout the entirety of the game against that defensive front that we saw devastate Joe Burrow. Minshew, or er, not Minshew, <laughs> see Colt's in my head now. Yeah. Huh? Samalu could make a big um, impact in this game. Schuster, I don't know if he's going to be fully healthy, so yeah. I don't know. Ronald Jones is not going to play. Trent McDuffie, I don't even know how much of a role he has in that defense. Justin Reed is very good, though. Mm-hmm. 
So he could make a play or two, but I, my bet would go on Sam Malu, just the, the conservative bet. Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree with you. I mean, he is the Hawaiian. Ronald Jones is already past his prime. But, you know, a guy that's not in the list, Marcus Kemp. Okay, so if Juju Smith-Schuster isn't healthy. He's not on the active roster. If Marcus Kemp somehow gets elevated within the next couple of days, he's from the University of Hawaii. He was an absolute animal at wide receiver for us. He caught a crucial pass two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game late. If that guy can come in late and do something, he's pretty tall. He can go up there and get it. He's going to win Super Bowl what, MVP. Was it a crucial pass? A, a critical catch. What, what was the, the yeah, down like, and distance? Like late, like, I don't know, second and nine. Were the Chiefs trailing or something? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember all the details. <laughs> I remember he caught I'm just a, curious. I'm, I'm getting the information. I, I remember he caught a pass very late in the game. I was losing my mind, and then I just went to cloud nine. I do remember that as well. Um, we got. I'll, I'll throw out Britton Covey. Yeah. I, you know, the punt returner. You know, yeah. <laughs> it just—it seems like a lot of these guys aren't in a position where they're going to be able to make a lot of noise. And yeah, Somalu is probably, like you guys mentioned, the most productive player on the field. You know, Juju—we're not sure what—is he going to have a role in this game? I—I I don't even know. What? Look at the comments. The, the beard, beard is, is no more. more. Yeah, more on the beard later. What I, happened to the beard? I'm—it fell off. I don't know. What did you do? Just woke up this morning and stuck to the pillow. No, I, uh, it's just gone. I shaved it off. I, uh, it's a new era, you know. Uh, it'll probably come back. I can always grow it back. But it just felt like it was time. More on the beard later. Um, we've got a segment on the beard. Don't worry. Um, but we, we do have some trivia that will be layered throughout the show. So we're nearing our break time. We'll probably break in a little bit. But uh, let's, let's do a trivia question. So okay. look, look away from my computer for a all second, right. gentlemen. Okay, I'm not going to look. Um, and this one, you know, uh, all, my sup- all my questions are going to be Super Bowl related. And so the Super Bowl is being hosted in Arizona this year. Okay. Um, so the question is, how many Super Bowls okay. have been hosted in Arizona? Don't say your answer yet. Does it include this one? Yeah, this yeah. would include this one. This would be the blank Super Bowl hosted in Arizona. I got my answer. Okay. Hayden, are you, are you ready? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, we'll reveal our answers on the count of three. Uh, okay. One, two, three. Five. You, what, you said five? Yep. You said four? Four. Four is correct. Wow. Hayden, Hayden takes a one nothing lead. We have four questions prepared and a tiebreaker. But uh, that that's a one nothing lead for Hayden. Well, you're already in a hole. I, I'm bummed. I mean, all I'm thinking about now is just Terry chicken sandwich to my left. I know, I know. I'm very excited to eat mine. I've been popping tater tots this whole time. I don't know if you guys have been able to hear me chewing, chewing through the mic. No, you did a good job picking. Okay, the mic good. Up. I was I was trying my best to to do that. Actually, I have to pee. I've I've had too many uh, too many of these uh, Stella Artois. <laughs> oh I, boy. I have got to use Albano. And I broke the seal. I broke the seal earlier today, so I've just been I've been in a in a tough spot for a little bit. Specific drinks of you. Yeah, but I'm st- I'm doing okay. I'll make it. I'll make it till eight fifty eight. So yeah, we've we've. I think that's a fantastic Let's first see. half of the show. We've still got enough uh, time for a lot of the other stuff we want to talk about. Stuff we're going to talk about when we get back from break. We're going to talk about Super Bowl predictions, game predictions. We're going to talk Super Bowl MVP. Lockakeas. We're going to talk Lockakeas. We're going to sports bet. Colt might place a bet live on air. He might. We're going to talk about Alabama. They have two new coordinators, two of them. I don't know when the last time that happened is. Nick Saban's going crazy. He's still got the number one recruiting we class. We might interview Bosky. We're going to interview Bosky. We're going to do the spelling game. 
Hopefully Cole didn't cheat just then. Uh, I didn't see We nothing. already talked about the Cardinals coaches. We'll talk about Georgia. Are they going to three-peat? I don't know. We None Guys, of us know. You tell me. What's going on in the Pac-12? we got to talk about the nothing. state of the conference. Pac-12, state of the conference. We've got tons of stuff planned, and we're going to get to it um, right after we go to this break, which I'm, I'm not sure when, when we'll go to the break. 8.58 on the dot, or should I count you down to the break? <laughs> Should I just say we're going to break and then you, okay, perfect. So we're gonna go to Welcome back to Pacific Point of View live from Cold Beard and Cheeseburgers. We got Colt figuring some stuff out over there. Um, and we've got some really great content planned for the second half of the show. Very excited for this. Let's start with talking about the state of the Pac twelve. We've got some Pac twelve win totals published. Uh, by the grace of 247 Sports, giving us some over-under win totals. So let's go over-under and talk about each team. We'll go alphabetically. Let's start with Arizona. They put the win total for Arizona at 4.5. You know, that's egregiously low in my opinion. Um, you know, let's let's say it like it is. U of A has a great offense. They had a great offense last year. Jaden Delora and Jacob Cowing had a connection. They're coming back this year. I think U of A is going to win some games. I think they'll push for a bowl game, and I'm not going to say they'll easily go over four and a half, but I do think they will. Yeah, I mean, I went to look at their schedule after I saw that number because I was confused. I was like, why are we doing four and a half? Like, that feels low. And even after looking at the schedule, it still feels low to me. So easy over for me. It just feels like the natural progression for this team. They showed flashes. They beat UCLA. They improved so much last year. And then they added some surprising pieces. They added... um. Who was that defender from Oregon that they added? Sewell. Noah Sewell. Or no, Justin Flo. Ju- Justin, Justin Flo. Flo Justin the Flo. Five star. So I mean, the talent on that squad alone, I mean, is reason to believe they will go over four and a half. And to your point, Budge, they're increasing their talent on defense, which was the whole liability last season. I'm also going to take the over. You have a seasoned Jaden Delora in there playing his third year of Pac 12 ball. I'm going to take over four and a half wins. Okay, next we've got ASU. Six and a half was the over-under set by 247. That's pretty hefty. It's, I think it's close just because I, I don't know if I see seven wins, but there's so many toss-up games on the schedule. And what I like about ASU's schedule is all the toss-ups are at home. You know, yeah. four of the ro- you got four road games. One of them should be a win at Cal. Three of them, it's going to be tough sledding at UCLA at Washington, at Utah. I mean, you're probably going to go one and three there. The toss-ups, Oklahoma State. I think it's fair to call it a toss-up based I, on the I state would of the I 100% program. agree, yes. Okay, Fresno State, good program, but you know what? They have to replace Jake Hayner. ASU should be, should be favored in that they game. They should. You look at Wazoo, Colorado, Arizona, should be really close games. I'm going to take the under. But I could see ASU going six and six, five and seven, somewhere in there. I, I I'm also going to take the under, but it's an optimistic under. Yeah. I say six six wins feels very very reasonable for this squad. But I look at those next six games, and it's just the sh- the state of the Pac-12 right now kind of dictates this: USC, Utah, Washington, Washington State, UCLA, Oregon. In order to get more than six wins. They have to win one of those six right there, and that's just all those teams are going to be tough. Washington State feels like the most realistic, but then that also involves winning all the games you're supposed to win. So it's a, it's a tricky number. I'm going to take the under. I'm also going to take the under. I just see ASU getting off to a very slow start. I don't think they'll beat Oklahoma State, Fresno State, or USC. I think there's Whoa. a very high chance they lose all three of those games. And when you start out one and three, yeah, you get the Cal game, but I don't know. It, you don't even know the quarterback position right now, what that's going to be, uncertainties with the new head coach. 
It seems like a lot with such a tough Pac-12 schedule. I'm going to go under. Hey, I've got to take a moment to shout out Riley Schmidt because he just hopped into the Instagram live chat. We're live on three platforms right now. We're live on Instagram, we're live on Twitter, and we're live on TikTok right now. So a pretty good uh, aggregate viewing company right now. I think that's pretty cool. Um, let's talk about California. California, oh the lowest over-under win total, which I think is fair, at three. I'm going to go over here because Justin Wilcox being really the only head coach, in my opinion, on the hot seat in the conference, he's going to get some desperation wins. I do think the offense will be a little bit better. We've, we've mentioned in the past that you know, they're getting some transfer quarterbacks. Kai Milner should be better, too. So there will be some competition, and we know their defense is always going to be solid. So I think they'll be better than 3-9, and nine, but not by much. Uh, I'm going to go even. I'm going to say they give me three, I'll take three on the dot. I think they'll beat Idaho, they'll beat North Texas on the road, and then they'll get another conference win. But I have no faith in this team. I think there's a chance Wilcox gets canned very early in the season. I'm, I'm just going to take three on the dot because I just don't have any faith that this team can do better than that. I just don't. I see two wins. I only see Idaho, and I see either Wazoo or Stanford. I don't think they beat North Texas on the road. I, wow. I honestly don't think so. I think Wilcox is going to get fired by week six. Wow. This team is awful, and I wish we'd stop talking about Cal. Okay, we can move <laughs> on from Cal. Let's talk about Colorado. A lot of buzz going around Colorado, but you'd be surprised to see the over-under win total from 247, 4.5. And, and before we go any further, let me just clarify. This is regular season only. So as right. we start to get to teams that are expected to make bowl games, this is just regular season. But... Colorado, 4.5. This is another close one, but they have a moderate conference schedule. It's not terrible, uh, but it's not necessarily easy. I think they're going to pick off one of TCU and Nebraska to okay. get the big intro win uh, in the Deion Sanders era. I'm going to say over. I think they finish 5-7. and seven. Don't make a bowl game, but I like them to clear the 4.5 win mark. I'm going to say hesitant over. If I could bet on them winning between four and six games, I would because they have all those winnable games in the season. But like I said, the state of the Pac-12 this year, that top half of teams, just so tough to break through. Oh, I think Colorado is so fun. Am I, do I, am I buying into the fun? Yes, I am buying into the fun. You know, I, I think they steal one against Nebraska. Um, who knows? Maybe they beat TCU. I, With all these recruits coming in, all the hype... Can you win a football game on hype alone? Because if they could, they're beating TCU. That, and they're starting the season three and zero. That's Very true. Well. I feel like it shouldn't even be called an upset if Colorado beats Nebraska. We're talking about Nebraska. Yeah. What is Nebraska done? To, like what? And they've got Matt Rule. His teams are always terrible in year one in college. But just Colorado was just so bad for all these years. You know what I mean? Colorado had a had. A, I think Colorado had a. We all knew this. Colorado had a very tough schedule last year. They weren't the worst team ever. They were, I mean, they were one and eleven. But they, if they had, if they played Murray State and and they'd be in the FCS and, and <laughs> Kent State or whatever to start the season, they they would have went three and nine, and people wouldn't have thought they were as garbage. But they played TCU and Air Force, like it was just not a desirable schedule. But we all took the over, so that's good. Next up, we have the Oregon Ducks. They are at nine on the dot. I mean, I initially said under. But I'm actually going to go even here. I think they're actually the most likely to disappoint among those top-tier wow. teams. They lose Kenny Dillingham. They just lost their offensive line coach, Adrian Clem. He went to the pros. Yep. And they lost a bunch of guys in the transfer portal. Granted, a lot of depth guys. You know, they didn't 
have any back-breaking losses. And yes, they added Trayshawn Holden, the receiver from Alabama. Yes, they're getting Bo Nix back. But I just don't think they're going to go on a run like they did this last year. And, you know, so many times it's it's the same story. It's Groundhog's Day in Eugene. They get they go 9-1. and one. They get to the second to last week in conference play, and then they implode. It happens year after year. And I think, you know, I don't know if, if – I just don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say even. They go nine and three again, but I'm I'm not confident they go over that. Um, I'm gonna take the over, and I'm gonna take the over based on one principle alone. And I I think the Oregon Ducks are going to win the Pac-12 this year. And Whoa. on top of that, I'm going to say the game at Texas Tech could definitely bite them. They could lose a dumb out of conference game against Texas Tech early and then win the Pac-12. That'd be very Pac-12 of the Pac-12 to do. I think it's very possible that Texas Tech team is not going to be a joke this year. And uh, I, I just like I like second year Dan Lanning. I look at some of those big games they lost this year and to me some of the questionable play calls late, I think that can be accredited to a coach with not a lot of head coaching experience. He had a questionable fourth down call against Washington and Oregon State and it cost them those games. And so I think with another year of experience, I like Dan Lanning and the talent on this roster. So I'm going to take the over. I like the fact that Oregon gets USC at home. Uh, I like the fact they get Oregon State at home. I think this makes a huge impact when we're looking at 9-3. and three. No, I'm going to go 10-2. and two. I don't really necessarily buy Texas Tech. I think, I honestly think Oregon's going to start off the season 5-0 and headed to Washington. Okay. Well, let's talk about Oregon State. We got an 8.5 from 247. Yeah, this is an easy over for me. I think Oregon wow. State I think Oregon State's the most underrated team in college football. I'm just going to come out and say wow. that. Wow. They've got a top five O-line in the conference. You know, you're returning Damian Martinez. You upgraded a quarterback with DJ Uyunglele. Brian Lindgren is one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. And Jonathan Smith is one of the best head coaches in the Pac-12. And I think he's a rising star. Hopefully for the Beavers, he doesn't get poached. I, I think they're yeah. on their way to another great season. I don't know about ten and two in the regular season again. I think nine and three, maybe ten and two. Uh, but I'm a big fan of Damian Martinez. You guys know that, and, and I think uh, I think they're going to make some noise this year. Underrated storyline for Oregon State. I think it low key is a is a blessing in disguise that our quarterback play was so terrible last year because it means our offensive coordinator Brian Lindgren gets to stay at Oregon State another year. He didn't get hired away because our offense wasn't incredible because we had terrible quarterbacks. So we get him for another year. He's a great offensive mind. I look at Oregon State's schedule. Oregon State has a schedule where they could start 10-0 and realistically. And I think I don't think they will start 10-0, but even with a slip-up along the line, like let's say maybe Utah gets us at home or, or we lose a weird game at Arizona or something, even with that, it, it, it all just comes down to our last two games, Washington and Oregon. So I think I would take the over in this case. How I see this is Oregon State's going to win all their easy games. You have to beat at least one of Utah, UCLA, Washington, or Oregon to get to nine wins. I think they do that. Give me the over. Okay, next up we've got UCLA. UCLA is at seven even. Yeah, this one's close again for me. I'm going to go even here with seven. I'm just not confident that Dante Moore is going to step in He's not going to have Zach Charbonnet. He's not going to have his, the best wide receiver, Jake Bobo. You said even, sorry, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think 7-5 and five is about where UCLA is going to be next year. We look at their non-conference schedule, right? They play at San Diego State. Yeah, San Diego State was bad last year, but this is a team that's, you know, gearing up for a potential Pac-12 yeah. Them uh, and promotion. SMU. Yeah, so I think San Diego State is very live to pull the upset in that game. 
even coastal the first week. Chip Kelly is notoriously bad in non-conference games at UCLA. They could go 0-2. I, I yeah. don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And then you got at Utah. I don't know. I see them getting off to a bad start. I think they'll even out, but you got Oregon State on the road. You don't like that. USC on the road. They should be you know, Cal. They'll be favored against ASU and Colorado. They'll easily make a bowl game, and I think they're leaning. I'm leaning over on this, but right now I'm just not confident that they have the players in place uh, to go much better than say eight and four. I'm going to take the over. I think this feels a little disrespectful to UCLA. I think that they rounded the corner this last year, even with the departure of DTR. I like Colin Schley for the transfer from Kent State, and I like Dante Moore. And I think. One of those two guys will step up, so I'm going to take the over. I'm going to go even. I think they hit seven on the dot. Like Hayden mentioned, Coastal and San Diego State to start the season is tough. Sneaky. At Utah, tough place to play. And then when you go to U of A, a team that beat you last year, you could very well lose that one too. What is nice is that you get Cal to end the year. So that's a guaranteed that's win true. if you need a it, bowl game. Their schedule at the end, oh, no, it's not them I'm thinking of. There's another team down here, but their, their schedule really lightens up at the end of the year. We got USC at 9.5. Okay easy over. I mean, you're returning wow. the Heisman Trophy winner. Yes, you lose Jordan Addison, but Lincoln Riley is just a regular season machine. He doesn't win le- you know, he doesn't finish any any worse than 10 and 2 and I think that's about where USC is. I don't know that they're going to go 12 and 0, 11 and 1. I think they'll be 10 and 2. They've got to shore up that defense though. It was bad last year and if it's that bad this year, I don't know if the offense is going to be able to bail them out again. But again, just a cupcake, you know, start to the season. San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford. That's an easy 3-0. and And then you got ASU, Colorado, Arizona. So there's a very real possibility SC could be 6-0 and before they head to Notre Dame. I think that they very well – I think they. I can go out and say they will be 6-0 and going to yeah. Notre Dame. And I'm, I'm, I'm outrageously going to take the under. Whoa, I, I, really? I think I think Notre Whoa. Dame is improved so much this season. The game at Notre Dame is so daunting. You've got a game against Utah. You've got a host that you get the Huskies. Huskies improve. They get all their guys back. You've got a game in Onsen Stadium, and then UCLA is no joke this next year. I just think I can see USC losing three games in the regular season, and it's because once again Lincoln Riley just has not done enough to address the defensive side of the ball. And I just think when you continue to do these things, yes, his offense is going to be phenomenal. Caleb Williams is going to blow our minds. I could just see them losing those three games. I'm taking the under. I'm feeling 10-2 and two season. I think they slip up either to at Notre Dame or Oregon, and maybe you lose one of those ASU Colorado weird, wacky ones. Yep. So you have a guaranteed loss somewhere and a wacky one, but I still think they get the over. I think they're going to be pushing for playoff. At least that's what I'd hope here from USC. Yeah, I mean, they very well could. I, you know, maybe maybe I'm too low on USC. Next up, we have Utah at 8.5. Yeah, I mean, based on their roster, um, I think it's it's borderline, man. It's borderline leaning under. But Utah's proven us wrong so many times in the past. They I have. think they've earned the benefit of the doubt, especially with Whittingham. And I'll tell you what, you pointed it out, Budge, uh, last week, I think, when we were talking non-conference schedules. You look Florida at Baylor, right? You say, yep. oh, you know, they'll, maybe they'll split. Maybe they could go 0-2. I don't think so. You get Florida at home. I think that it's going to be a Florida team replacing a quarterback. They're kind of reeling right a now. A quarterback that Theo is very high on. Exactly. And I think that's an easy win. I'll go out and say it. And then at Baylor, that's a Thursday game against Florida. They're going to have extra time to prepare for that one. So I think there's a very real possibility Utah wins both of those games, and 
here we go. You know, the one knock on Utah the last couple years is they haven't been able to win outside the Pac-12. I think they do that this year. They'll be right back in the thick of things oh. in the conference. That's the thing. I just I the same re I have same reason but different thought. I I've seen them lose those out of conference games, and I just think they're going to lose one again. I think they've got games at Washington, at Oregon State, at USC. They have to play Oregon, and it's just a lot of traps. I'm going to take the under under eight and a half for Utah. When I see the schedule, I see seven and five. Seven whoa, and five. Whoa! <laughs> seven and five is under eight and a half. I mean, come on, man. At Baylor, I still think that's a tough environment to play. Same and Dave Aranda. It's the same BS that happened in Florida it could still happen in Waco, and at Washington, at USC. I mean, you're not necessarily going to beat Oregon at home either. So I'm going to say seven and five, which is the under. That is crazy. Washington, we have at nine point five. I'm going to go with the over. Let me let me pull up their schedule here. But they're returning Michael Penix Jr., I think, is, yep. I think we've all agreed, as a Heisman candidate. Yes, I wouldn't 100%. even call him a dark horse at this point. They got Daniel Ngata from ASU. That's one of the most underrated transfer portal gets in the conference. He could be their RB1. He'll be right there in the mix. And then I believe they're returning their uh, leading wide receiver, Romo Dunze. Yep. And their offensive coordinator said no to Nick Saban because he knows this is going to be a special team. I think if it's not USC, I think Washington is my team in the Pac-12. I think Washington is going to have a very special season, taking the over easily. And I look at the non-conference, Boise, Tulsa at Michigan State. I think they can run the table there. And then a soft beginning to the Pac-12 schedule with Cal and U of A. The tough games are going to be at USC, at Oregon State. If they can split those games, they'll be in real good shape. I'm going to go under. I am, <laughs> I, I am a Washington hater. I do not like Washington. Last season, Washington avoided Utah and USC, and I don't think you can undersell that. Bo Nix was hurt in the Oregon game. They hosted Oregon State on a Friday night. Oregon State now has a quarterback next year. Bo Nix will be playing in the Oregon game. And who do they, they play both Utah and USC? Is that what that's showing me? Yes. yes, they play both Utah and USC. I'm going to take the under. I think Washington, in my opinion, is one of the most overrated teams headed into this next season. I mean, I don't think they're overrated per se. It's just, damn, there's just a lot of tough teams, tough environments to go to. I, I honestly think they start the season 2-2. Two and two. Boise's a tough team to Whoa. play. And at Michigan State. <laughs> Jeez. Wait, you 2-2? Two two? Yeah. Wait, so you they lose to Boise and, and Michigan State. State. I, I genuinely think so. And, and I think they, they what the line is not I mean, I'm happen. a Washington hater, and I don't even believe that. I, I think they lose four games this year. I mean, at USC and Utah and Oregon State, three in a row. And then you have the Apple Cup in what, snow? I mean, anything can happen. It's snowing. It's true. And anything can happen in the Apple Cup. Yeah. You know, I might be a little high on Washington. No, you're, you're about where I've heard other people on yeah, Washington. I, I think it really depends on if Michael Penix Jr. is for real. And if he is what he showed last year, they're capable of beating anybody. Except Trent Borgay, of course. True. Um, we have last team here, uh, wrapping up the segment, we have Washington State at 7.5. You know, this has to be the most universally hated team on Pacific point of view. And you know what? It's not like I dislike Washington State that much as a program. I just, the style of play is very reminiscent of Cal, right? The bad offense, the defense that's just pesky enough to win them some games. I think we've all agreed, you know, Sham Ward is not going to be this amazing guy, great gem find from the FCS level like, like people thought he was. Yeah. Washington State just lost their defensive coordinator, Brian Ward, to ASU. 
So they're they're down a defensive coordinator. I know they replaced him. I just don't believe in Cam Ward. I think this is gonna they're gonna have to change their identity on offense, which they very well could. They hired a new offensive coordinator. I think they'll go bowling, but I don't think they, they clear the seven point five win mark and which means eight and four. I just don't see it. But part of me actually almost picked over in this. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick under for now, but there's a part of me that feels like this Washington State team can absolutely win some games that people won't think they win will win and it's just because I just look at Jake Dickert and that squad and I say you know what like they did do a pretty good job in in their first real year and I feel like all the elements are there yeah. but they just haven't put them together yet and so I'm gonna say under because they haven't shown me they can do it yet but I feel like it's there real quick before Colt goes if you know I think game two against Wisconsin is gonna be telling that's going to be telling of what kind of team this is. I think it's going to be telling of Wisconsin and how dominant that Wisconsin is. Yeah. And I think it's going to blow Wazoo out of the water. Um, I'm going to go under the 7.5. I think they get maybe 6. They'll get more eligible because of that stretch with ASU, Stanford, Cal, Colorado. There's wins in there. But, man, Oregon State, I mean, even at Colorado State. I mean, yep. I know Colorado State is awful, right? But just going there to start the year. It's sketchy. Norvell's getting a lot of money to be yeah. Colorado State's head coach. Yep. He's getting this game. If he wins that game after last year's debacle, he's sitting pretty. Yeah. I'm going to go under. All right. So uh, forget about all this Pac-12 stuff, guys. There's a game that's bigger than any Pac-12 game happening 20 minutes away, right. and it's the Super Bowl. Eagles versus Chiefs. We've got a replay of the Niners-Chiefs Super Bowl from, uh, what is it now, two years ago? Yeah. Two years ago playing in the background right now. Who do you think wins the Super Bowl? I'm going to go Eagles just because they're healthy. I mean, I know Patrick Mahomes is going to be good to go for the Chiefs, but, man, the Chiefs had to run the gauntlet to get to the Super Bowl, whereas the Eagles, they had arguably the easiest path to the Super Bowl we've ever seen. I mean, they just yeah. ran right through the NFC, no problems. On paper, full strength. This, I honestly might go edge Chiefs, but I believe, you know, this is Jalen Hurts' time. This is his game. I just The Eagles have exceeded my expectations and then some this year. This is their year. I'm going Philly. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the nod to uh, the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs are the new evil empire. We're gonna hate them for the rest of our lives and want them to miss every Super Bowl for the rest of time. And uh, like you said, Eagles have a super easy path. Um, we saw the Eagles kind of struggle. They lost that game to the Cowboys. They lost some really weird games down the stretch. Should have lost to the Cardinals. Yeah, early in the season. Yeah, they lost some weird games down the stretch at the end of the season. They really cooled off, and. Uh, I just, their their road was too easy. We didn't learn enough about this team in the postseason. I like the, the Chiefs, the proven commodity. I'm going Chiefs. I think legacy game for Patrick Mahomes. I think Travis Kelsey is actually going to have a ginormous game. Um, give me Chiefs. Okay, your mic cut out for like five seconds, but you're back. Don't worry about it. I chose the Chiefs, if you couldn't hear me. No, we, we, we heard that part, actually. That's the only part we did hear. But uh, who do you think wins Super Bowl MVP? Why not Jalen Hurts? There we go. I, yeah, I think it's either uh, Kelsey or Mahomes. I'm going to go with Kelsey. Okay, I'll go Mahomes <laughs> in that case. But like you guys were saying, how poetic would it be if Jalen Hurts gets benched, Gardner Minshew throws the game-winning touchdown pass to Devontae? That would just be amazing. That would be poetic. Pure, pure poetry Jaylen on the field. Jalen Hurts reading the script before the game. Oh, my goodness. So do we – So. 
We, we didn't really talk about the... We promised we were going to do a name reveal for the wave. We didn't really talk about how yeah. that was going to work. What, what are we thinking? Uh, what are we feeling right now? Let's ask Bosky when we bring him on. Oh, True. we'll have Bosky pick a name. Yeah. Genius. Okay. And maybe so, he can survey the table for us. Yeah, we'll bring Bosky on in a little bit, but... Um, in the meantime, we've got we've got some uh, other topics on here we can touch on. We just made our Super Bowl picks. Madeline's taking a photo. Um, we've got some spelling game names let's we do can it. test Colt on. So let's let's get to that. So so Colt, we we each picked a name. Colt's gonna have to spell the name now. And uh, here we go. Uh, Hayden, would you like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Colt, you know this guy pretty well. I think he's uh, was formerly at Arizona State. He's now at USC. Okay, he's Hunter. Okay. Uh, he goes by Eddie, but his, his name's Edward, so I'll, I'll give you the, the layup there. Okay. Edward Chaplitsky. Edward. So I got to do Edward? Edward. E-D-W-A-R-D. You got it. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Chaplitsky. I think I've actually seen this. Like Ex- I, Exactly. This I is don't it. have no photographic memory, memory or anything, but I do remember it's C-Z. Yes. Wow. A. Yeah. P. Yes. L. Yes. I. Yes. T. No. Ooh. Yikes. He gets two attempts, though. Okay. C-Z-A-L. Yeah. No. No, no, no. You already got that part, didn't you? C-Z-A. No, he already got C-Z-A-P. Yeah. C-Z-A-P. And then you got L, right? You got L-I. Yeah. Okay. So you just messed up. A, you P-L-Z-K-Y? No, no. What, what are you doing? You already got the I. Didn't he already get the no, I? I went, I went P-L-Z-K-Y. <laughs> no, but didn't you get the I the first time? Is it you, I like, somehow deleted your progress. <laughs> it's okay. You missed it. All right. C-Z-A-P-L-I-C-K-I. Uh, see, I missed a K. So e- either way, I wasn't going to get that. Yeah, that's tough, okay. Tough scene. Um, Colt, wh- where are we right now? We're at Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. We're at Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. The CEO of Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. Who's that? His name is S. Barrett Rinsler. And so I thought, you know what? Why not make Colt spell that name? S. That's correct. Okay, so is it Barrett like another word? Yeah, so S was the first initial. Okay. And Barrett, Barrett, Barrett Rinsler. B-A-R-R-E-T. Yeah, that's correct so far. Okay. Winsler. And that's, I'm sorry, you've gotten your first one wrong. B-A-R-R-E-T-T. There you go. Okay, we got Barrett now. Okay, and how do you pronounce the last word again? Rinsler. Rinsler or Winsler? Like, Rinsler. Like Rin, like R. R or, <laughs> or what? Rinsler. Okay, R. That's correct. I. That's correct. S. L. E. R. Oh, my gosh, Colt. The S was incorrect. (laughs) It's R-I-N-Z-L-E-R. You are no longer. No more cold beers or cheeseburgers for you. No. What a terrible failure, Colt. I I quit. I quit. You can't quit. We we just got this gig. It's pretty good. Um, We have more Super Bowl trivia um, for you guys. I have Uh, some Lakakeas. Oh, yeah, we do have Lakakeas. You know what, Cole? Why don't you give us your Lakakeas? Right. I feel like that takes precedent right so, now. So far, hey, ins- got- hey Instagram people, I'm going to read Lakakeas, so you're not going to be able to see <laughs> me. Um, but here we go. So we have the Rob Gronkowski kick, right? And it's yes. basically the whole thing is if he makes this 25-yard field goal, I believe at the half of the Super Bowl. I thought it was at the end of the third quarter, right? Okay, end of the third okay, quarter. There we go. Whatever. If he hits this field goal, okay, all – people who accept the promotion on FanDuel get a cut of $100 million. Okay. $10 million. $10 million. Yeah, $10 million. Big difference. So, basi- so basically, you're going to get, like, what, 5 bucks. But anyways, 
I don't know what the odds are of him hitting this kick are, but I, I'm going to say he doesn't hit the kick. Wow. So now, I yeah, I don't think he has it either. Going into this, right? Wait, so how long is I, it? I've done so 25 years. I've done, some, okay. I've done some research on this. He's been practicing with Adam Vinatieri, right? He's had three practice sessions up to like 90 minutes each where he's had 50 attempts per. When he first started the practice session, it was 25%. 50, the second time, he got 50%. The third time, he got 75%. However, I just feel like Gronk, it would just be more funny if he doinked it like off the right upright yeah. than if he made it and got everyone money. What if he's low-key practicing to hit the upright? See, I think that's what he's going to yeah. do. I just, you know, I can just see Gronk being undisciplined and just like <laughs> Gronking his way to the yeah. field and just absolutely shanking it and costing people money. He did say like this is for America, so like I have to do it. He he feels the pressure, but I don't know if Gronk feels pressure. It's a fantastic promotion. It's it's one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Anyways, so here's some other things that you can bet on for the Super Bowl. I'm okay? excited to hear it. You guys tell me what you'd bet on. Okay, so for the coin toss, right? Heads is nine has hit nine out of the past 14 years right Since what 2009 statistically okay, really? that doesn't make sense yeah so what would you guys do? so Head i take tails, tails? It's the same uh, odds you minus 105 tails you have fails, to take guys. tails tails never fail that's what i'm thinking and too. Yeah. there's the thing where it's like 51 percent of the time it lands on tails because heads weighs more right have you heard that before wow Wait, no i, I heads I, weighs more yeah on, the, on a coin Protrusion. On a coin, there's a protrusion. Exactly, yeah. exactly like Hayden said. There's a protrusion on the head side. So heads versus tails is a myth. It's not 50-50. It's 51-49. Oh, you you know what's crazy? In 2012, I'm pretty sure Navy won, like, every coin toss. I remember hearing really? that. And the Patriots, like, suspiciously won a ridiculous amount of coin tosses during their dynasty. Mm-hmm. Like, and all sorts of people speculated, but it's, it's crazy I'll stuff. I'll speculate right now. They were cheating. They were cheating, cheating the whole year. That's ridiculous. The next one I got for you guys is what color Gatorade is Blue. poured on the coach. <laughs> so right now the top of the leaderboard is orange is plus 250. Orange. Yellow slash green. Who's out here drinking orange Gatorade? That's ridiculous. Yellow green is 350. Clear slash water is 500. Blue is also 500. <laughs> and then the, the Chiefs are red, so plus 550 for the Chiefs. What are you guys feeling? I want to know who's the guy that decides what color it is. I don't know, but orange has happened five times in the, the last. Most I'm feeling red this year. This There's like some trainer year. that knows instantly, or I guess no. It all comes down to the player that decides to grab the Wait, jug. How do we not know that the guy pouring the Gatorade is betting on us? I I don't know. What I, do they do if they dump multiple Gatorades? Well, actually, it's like it's one player dumps one, like yeah. green, and then an orange one comes in from the side. It's Since ridiculous. 2001. There, there's actually been five times where there was no Gatorade poured at all. Really? Yes. Can you bet on that? Yeah. You can bet on none. What's that? Uh, I don't have those odds. but That's ridiculous. Cole, come on. You're supposed to be our bet guy. Yeah, but, but, but we know. So the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, it was orange, which is why okay. it's plus 250. Okay. okay. Interesting. Anyways, whatever. Super Bowl MVP, right? When, yep. they, when they say their speech at the end, hey, congratulations, you know, whoever. Oh, this is on the speech. Right. Who do they mention first in their speech? Is it number one, their team, with minus 120? Number two, the city or the fans, plus 325? Their religion, plus 370? Their family, <laughs> plus 690? Or the coaches, plus 1,200? Okay, okay, that's an interesting one. I okay. would take, uh, I would take their, their family. Their family, go what was that, plus one. 370? Plus 690. Plus 690, that's pretty good odds, I I'm feel like. Go 
family or religion. Those are my top two. And I'm thinking family too, because if one of the Kelsey brothers somehow wins this, they're gonna just talk about the other brother. True. 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 Right. I mean, hold on. The, Jason Kelsey is not winning Super Bowl MVP. Uh, That's know. not. <laughs> no offensive lineman yeah. has ever won that. So. I got three more. Okay. okay. Will there Jeez. or will there not be a Super Bowl proposal? Plus 400 for yes, no is minus 650. Who's tracking no this? Once again, who's tracking this? This was on a betting website. Like, who? how are they going to know? Are they going to scan the so, entire stadium? Last year, no, 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 from a player. From a player. Like, oh, a player okay. Player I was like, what are we talking about? Okay. So, like, last year, Ram safety Taylor Rapp, he proposed, and people quadrupled their money because they bet on yes at plus 400. I gotcha. I would say no. I'm going to go no. So I'm going to say Love yes. Love is dead this year. Because it <laughs> happens two days before Valentine's Day. The Super It always does, though. Yeah, but <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's a true point. Okay, anyway. Okay, first chip commercial. Minus 130 Doritos, Doritos or plus 100 Pringles. Doritos. Get Pringles out of here. All the way. Who, who the hell does Pringles think they are? All right. They can't compete. Uh, Not with Doritos. The last one, okay, M&M's versus Pepsi Zero Sugar commercial. Which one happens first? M&M's. Uh, minus 100 for M&M's, plus 159 for Pepsi Zero Sugar. M&M's has been marred in yeah. controversy. I would parlay M&M's with Doritos. i put that with avocados from Mexico. Avocados from Mexico. How did we lose the line? Oh, yeah, that's, that's lock of kids. Okay. There we go. Okay. That's pretty good. Cole, what, what are you going to be putting your own money on? I'm going to be putting my money on tails. You know, it's been heads for the past five years. We need a reset. You don't think with your head. You know, you think with your heart. My heart says tails. All right, let's get this done before we uh, hit the end game of the show. I want to get Bosky over here, and I want him to decide what our mascot is going to be named. Okay, bring him over. Where Where is he? Okay. Can, can we get some Bosky up in here? Bosky. Uh, get get Bosky. All right, in the meantime. How about some trivia? Let's hear. Let's hear the let's trivia. Let's do trivia. Okay. Chase Field trivia. Let's do it. We're down to like our last 17 minutes, I so know. we'll rapid fire. This. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Yep. Go so ahead. Should I wait for Bosky or should we just? No, do no, it? no. Let's no just you can go ahead. Okay. Here we go. Them. Here we go. All right. What is the first bowl game ever played in this stadium that we're in? Is it the is red? It, is oh. it A, the 1998 <laughs> Copper Bowl? B, the 2000insight.com bowl, C, the 2015 Motel 6 Cactus Bowl, or D, the 2016 Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl? I'm going to go C, the Cactus Bowl. That's my guess. I'm going to go the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. No. We were both wrong? You were both wrong. It's uh, the 2000insight.com bowl. It was uh, Bank One Ballpark. It wasn't Chase Field yet. He said what? Oh, Bosky's working. Oh, wait, no, he's here. Hey, we've got, we've got him. This is huge news. Hold on. Get him over here. Get a headset on him. I don't care. Okay, continue uh, the trivia. Continue. We just, right. we Let's just get Bosky on. I want to hear what All right. I answered the Bosky, first one. go ahead and slap All that right, headset on. on. Michael Bosky. All right. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, Bosky. Well, first of all, let's introduce him. Okay, uh, guys, we have uh, Michael Bosky, or as some of you might know him, all things Barcelona. Or talking baseball history on uh, on TikTok, um, or one time Pacific point of view filling host. True, true. Yeah. Also on Pacific, welcome, Bosky. I can't. Hear no, you can't. But we can yeah. hear you. We oh. gave you the broken mic. Okay, no worries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can hear us in person, but you just can't hear us. Yeah, yeah I got you. Um, okay. Hayden's reading us some right, trivia. Some trivia. Okay, right, let's here's go. the first one. What was the first bowl game played in this stadium? Was it the 1998 Copper Bowl, 
the 2000 Insight.com Bowl, the 2015 Motel 6 Cactus Bowl, or the 2016 Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl? Wait, repeat them one more time. Just answers. Okay. Copper Bowl, Insight Bowl, Cactus Bowl, Arizona Bowl. 98, 2000, 2015, 2016. Anyway. Is it 2000? Yes. Wow. Yeah, how yeah. about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This guy, this guy <laughs> gets it over here. Here we go. Here we go. It gets better. Okay. How many combined interceptions did Cal and TCU throw in the 2018 Cheese Int Bowl played here at Chase Field? Oh. Six, eight, nine, or 12? Oh, my answer was going to be seven. <laughs> I'll say. I, I vaguely remember this. I'm going to be honest. But I don't know the exact total. Nine? Okay. I'm going to say I'm eight. I guess nine. Eight okay. is my guess. Colt, what you got? I'm going to go seven. I <laughs> do vaguely remember. <laughs> I don't nine. Bobby's two for two. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Chase Garbers was a starter for I, re- I remember Chase Garbers. Yeah. He was terrible. terrible. All right, here we go. We got, we got an Oregon State <clears throat> and a Hawaii one. Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go. Who was Oregon State's quarterback when they won the tw- 2004 Insight Bowl here against Notre Dame? Was it A. Jonathan Smith, B. Derek Anderson, C. Matt Moore, or I know D. It. Sean Canfield? I think I know it. Um, right. I'm going to go with B. Derek Anderson. I'm going to go Derek Anderson as well. Colt, can we repeat the first guy again? Jonathan Smith. Jonathan Smith. It okay. Definitely, I don't think it was him. No, it's Derek Anderson. <laughs> yeah, yes. I just, I just, yeah, I Derek Anderson went to Oregon State because. Obviously, Bud talks about him quite a bit, yeah. and I know when he played in the NFL, so I could kind of figure I, out that I forgot one he went to Oregon State. I mean, he, I remember him on the Cardinals. Yeah, but, uh, Oregon I remember, State. I remember on the Panthers. Oregon State was backup quarterback U for a while there. Sean Mannion, Derek Anderson, Matt Moore, uh, Jake Luton, you know. Yep. I'm right. so nervous for last this. Last one. Who is the last Hawaiian to play for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Was it Brandon Villafuerte, Colton <laughs> Wong, Scott Feldman, or Kurt Suzuki? <laughs> I thought it was Rojas, but I'm gonna, I know it's University of Hawaii. Yeah, I'm going to go Suzuki. Okay. okay. I'm going to go Scott Feldman. Okay. I'm going to go with the other guy that Colt didn't say. The first guy. The first guy, Villafuerte? Villafuerte. All right, it's Villafuerte. Oh, Villafuerte. let's go. He's <laughs> an animal. Villafuerte's a four Hawaiian? For four. Yeah, he's, uh, he was a reliever in 2004, only Hawaiian ever to play for the D-backs. He's from Hilo, Hawaii. I knew Kurzuki didn't play for the D-backs. I, I knew that, too. Thing. I knew yeah. Colton never played here, either. Yeah. So I was like, okay. That's why I was like, it's between the last two. Like, okay, so. Maybe a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Boski, enough messing around, all right? We're down to the last 12 minutes in this show. Yeah, and we have a very important uh, issue that we need to solve. Uh, we promised our viewers we would name the mascot, the Pacific Point of View mascot. And we've decided to put all of the pressure on you. So we're gonna we're gonna say the names to you, and okay. you gotta give us a review of each, and uh, we'll we'll come to a, a decision. Yeah, here. We're, we're, yeah, whatever. Just I uh, feel the most. So first name we got is Wally, uh, Wally the Wave, you know, yeah. classic. Uh, Waldo, Ooh. you know, where's Waldo? Waldo the Wave, yeah, Wavy, Wavy, oh, okay. Weedy the Wave, um, Weedy, Weedy the Wave, you know, a little callback to our Weedy segment, um, Ikaika. A Hawaiian name. I do like that one. Kaika the wave. Uh, Kavika, Kavika. The wave. Uh, Vili the wave, Ooh. which is a shout out to Vili the warrior, former Hawaiian mascot. And then we have Watery, Watery the wave. It's between two. And okay. It's between Kavika and Weedy. Okay. Interesting. And as someone that went to a high school with the mascot of Wave, I feel like I'm qualified to to give the answer oh, here. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, wow. Let's hear it. He's okay. the answer. 
I think it's got to be weedy because that was such okay. an iconic, that's an iconic <laughs> aspect like of the show and of just yes. like the profile of, of Pacific POV. It was one of the first things I remember you guys uh, talking about was the Wheaties player. Okay. So, and I remember when Tyra, uh, was it, uh, not Tyrus Thomas, um, Tavion, Tavion, Tavion Thomas, Tavion Thomas reposted, reposted the Wheaties. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even Livy had Wheaties at one point. Livy did True, have but Wheaties. I remember when Tavion Thomas posted and that was a big deal. That was a big break for Pacific POV. So it was. It's got to go Wheaties. It was. Okay, well, there you have it. Bosky has Respect. named the wave. Weedy the wave is the official name. I like it. That's that's fantastic. So uh, thank you, Bosky, um, for that. It. Four for four on the quiz. That was yeah, that was impressive. impressive. Um, I will say there was definitely one guess in there. Yeah. <laughs> like for sure, one guess. One hundred percent. Never heard of Brandon Villafuerte. So yeah, I've, I've that never. was the guess. For yeah. the, yeah, that was the guess. <laughs> well, thank you, Bosky, uh, for your time. You can go away now. Uh, Let's go, Bye, Bosky. We, we didn't know this guy before the show. He's just a bus boy that works here. Yeah, so. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he certainly doesn't live with us. No, I yeah, I'll never, I won't see you guys ever. <laughs> this is this, this is uh, this is a pleasure. All right, I'll, I'll see, see you around, Bosky. Thank you. We have Gannon right here. We do have Gannon right. Is Gannon just hopping on? Is that okay? No, he's not. No. Um, well, we've we touched on pretty much a lot of the stuff we got. We got ten minutes left in the show, so um, Bama coordinators. Bama yeah, coordinators. Yeah, that's yeah a you know we can talk about that. Alabama, very big story. Alabama, the number one recruiting class in the country this last year. Nick Saban had to replace both offensive and defensive coordinators. Uh, offensive coordinator, he poached Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. So what are your thoughts on Tommy Reese? You know, Reese runs a balanced offense. He likes to run the ball to open up the pass. Uh, you're going to see a lot of play action. You know, what Bill O'Brien did, how he underachieved with Bryce Young was ridiculous. Unbelievable. Which is why he was run out of town. But I really do think Reese is going to do a much better job. And here's, here's an interesting fact for you. Drew Pine had a better completion completion percentage than Bryce Young by 15 points last year. Wow. So Interesting. And, and of course, we know Tommy Reese is a tough love guy. If you have not seen the viral <laughs> video of him, just absolutely lighting up Drew Pine. Drew Pine's on the, on, the, on the phone like, uh, <laughs> and like, then it cuts to the booth, and he's like, ah, like smashing his keyboard, yeah, yelling at him. Yeah. That's so, good stuff. And then Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator. I don't know if we already got to him. but Yeah, he, he was also hired. The safe pick. He's yep. coached at Alabama. This is his third stint under Nick Saban at Alabama. You know, status quo there, I don't think much is going to change. Bama's always got a great defense. Same thing this year. The thing I get with Kevin Steele is Nick Saban is like, I'm going to take more control over the offense this year. Because Steele is, he could have gotten a better coordinator at offense than Steele. But he went with Steele, and I think it's just because he wants a guy that he knows what he's getting, no drama, no nothing, and he's going to take over on offense, basically. I think Bama's going to be some dogs this year. I mean, I mean, they have to beat the dogs first. But Nick Saban, I think, should be pissed right now. There's a lot of disrespect being thrown toward Bama's way. Yep. Oh, you guys aren't the dynasty anymore. It's now Georgia. You guys aren't going to win the SEC again. If I'm saving, I'm like, F that. You know, I, I just got two new guys that are going to come in and absolutely dominate this conference once again. Bama's going to be hungry. So let's talk about it. Georgia, will they three-peat? There has not been a three-peat in college football since 1936 when Minnesota won their third straight. Do you think the Bulldogs win their third straight? At this point, I don't know how you can say no. I mean, they have done every. It's like Utah with the Pac-12. They've earned the benefit of the doubt at this point. I mean, look, yes, they're losing Stetson Bennett. They're going to lose some running backs. You know, when you're a dynasty, when you're a dynasty team like that, you're going to lose guys every year. 
But you know what helps them? They have a top. They have the number two recruiting class in the country. Yeah, it was yeah. it was behind Bama behind and Bama. Texas. So the number two recruiting class to replace that, and then you bring back Brock Bowers. And guess what? All the guys that are going to replace the guys who left uh, next year, they played in the national championship game in yeah. garbage time. Carson Beck, running back Branson Robinson. I mean, these are all guys who are going to step in and probably start next year. Not to mention. Georgia's once again just got a cupcake schedule. UT Martin, Ball State, South I mean South Carolina, not to disrespect them. They should be heavy <laughs> favorites in that game. UAB, Auburn, I mean, they're just going to run it's, through this It's going to be a pretty soft schedule, yeah. So, cool. yes, they'll repeat. To repeat? I mean, history isn't on their side, but their schedule is, as Hayden mentioned. Their toughest game is going to come either Tennessee or the SEC championship game. But even if they lose one of those, they'll still be in the playoff uh, yep. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, um, for, <laughs> for, for Georgia, I'm going to say their three-peat, I think it could happen. I think it could happen. Nobody's won three straight since 1936. It's a long time, 87-year draft, to be exact. Yeah. But I think without a college football playoff, Georgia would not even be going for a three-peat right now. In 2021, they were the three-seed. If you remember, they were behind Michigan. And so it's slightly Mickey Mouse already. And you think about a 12-team playoff. Is they going to open the door for more three-peats? And, like, we're thinking about it now. Like, wow, we're probably going to get our I – think, I think the last team that was about to get a three-peat was 2013 Alabama. They lost on the kick six. That was their first loss of the year. Right. But it kept them out of the natty. They didn't get the three-peat. If there was a playoff, Bama's the three-seed, that team's probably not losing to Auburn again. That They're probably three-peating right there. So, yeah, they'll probably three-peat, but – Will it be a legitimate three-peat? Eh, that's, eh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I guess you yeah. still got to play the games. But, yeah. you know, we've got about five minutes left in the show here. Um, let's do some Super Bowl trivia. I only hit on one of the questions. we got three more questions. So what better note to end it on than uh, talking about some Super Bowl trivia? Hayden got the first question right. Here's the next question. Who was the last Pac-12 player to win Super Bowl MVP? Yeah. Um... Oh, boy. Yeah, this is going to be. Can I? Do you want me to give you guys a hint? Let's, if you're let's gonna... a hint, yeah. Cole, are you down for a hint? Yeah, did it happen within the last, like, I'm trying to think who won the last 10 yeah. Super Bowls? The, I, the hint, I, I'll just confirm. It was within the last 10 okay, Super Bowls. Okay, that's all yes. I needed. That's all you needed, okay. Okay. There we go. Who I was... need to map it out, like, who won the Super Like, my brain is fried right now. Who was the last? It was all that chicken. We just ate. Um... All right. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a guy. But I don't know if it's him. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Edelman. He did. He played at Kent State. He did not play in the Pac-12. Uh, go ahead, Nate. Oh boy. I didn't want to go with not, Brady or not, Mahomes. I don't I don't even know. I'm trying to think. Nick Foles. And that's correct, Hayden. No Nick way. Nick Foles went to University of Arizona. Won the Super Bowl MVP in whatever Super Bowl that wow. was, like 49 or 48 or something. Yeah, yeah congratulations. Hayden's up 2-0. I've got two more questions. Cole, you got a storm. One hell of a comeback storm here. Storm Duck. Um, <laughs> Shout out Storm Duck. Who, I, I already asked that one. <laughs> Has there ever been a Super Bowl okay. where neither team scored a touchdown? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. And the answer is no. <laughs> really? There's really? never been a Super Bowl where neither team has scored a touchdown. Every every Super Bowl a team has scored a touchdown. There's only ever been two Super Bowls where one team didn't score a touchdown. Obviously, um, one of them, this is a bonus question. This is for a chance for Colt to come back. One of them is obviously the Chiefs-Patriots game ended 13-3. The other one 
um, involved a team from the what is that? The AFC South. Okay, I'm gonna. I got or, it. No, it's AFC East. AFC East. Sorry, with the uh, Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, Jets. One of those four teams w- did not score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Who was it? It was. I, I got the answer. I'm gonna go with the Bills. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with Super Bowl three. The Jets played the Colts. It was the Dolphins. It was the Dolphins. Incorrect. We've got our last question here, and then we can end with some some rapid fire fact or fiction. You know nice, why, why not? Nice. Um, we all know Malcolm Butler had the game ceiling pick in Super Bowl Forty Nine, but who was the Pac Twelve defensive back that blew up the pick play to make the interception happen? I can give a hint here too if it's. Uh, I'm gonna go. He's a Patriots player. He was a Patriots player. Yes. What position? A defensive back. He blew up the play. Okay. Man, my, uh, <laughs> I was going to say like Kyle Van Noy, but he, he's BYU. He went to Oregon State University. Oh, boy. Jaquiz Jackson. Uh, Chad Ochoa. His initials are BB. He nope. played for a long time. Wow, know. really? Brandon Browner. Really? Brandon okay. Browner from Oregon State. Yeah, maybe, maybe he wasn't as well known as I thought. Anyways, here we go. Fact or fiction. Let's get some in with the last two minutes All we have to share. Right. Fact or fiction, the beard was a better look. I mean, I, I was know, just so used to it for so yeah. long. Without no. it, it's like it's not Tyler. You know, it's like a different guy. I'm going to go wow. fiction. Joseph. So fact or fiction? Uh, I'm going to go fact it matches Tyler. This matches Joseph. Wow, that's interesting. Right. Okay, fact or fiction, the Lakers losing after LeBron setting the scoring record hurts his legacy. Fiction. No, it doesn't hurt his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> fact, fact or fiction, returning production is an overrated stat in college football. Uh, fiction. Okay, fact or fiction, Sharer Sanders is being overhyped. Fact. I'm going to go fiction. Wow. Chemistry it has a lot to do with success. Okay. Fact or fiction, a computer is better at ranking teams than people are. Yep. <laughs> the BCS was more fun. I'm going to go BCS, so yes. Yeah. Fact or fiction, uh, Disney just recently announced Toy Story 5 will happen. Fact or fiction, this is too many Toy Stories. Yeah, I think they, they kind of wrapped up the story pretty well on the last one. To see fact. I'm going to go fiction. There's I like the shorts. Gonna, I don't think they need another movie. I'm going to go fiction. There's different type of toys out there now. There's VR toys. Okay, Okay. last question before we wrap up. It is 10 o'clock. Fact or fiction, Hawaii would deserve a playoff spot if they go undefeated this season? Fact. Fact. All right, I'll, I'll say fact all across the board. Hey, we beat Stanford, Oregon, and Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great resume. Yeah. Um, we'd like to thank Cold Beer and Cheeseburgers for having us here today. Uh, Blaze Radio. For coming out here, Yeah, too. thanks to all the, the fa- fantastic crowd we've got here. Uh, and if that's all we got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Cole Tomadola. And with that, we wave goodbye.